kick a shit off. Yeah. What are we doing about intros these days? I don't remember what we've been doing recently. Do we just well, not bother anymore and just like we just cut into something that's funny? You cut something stupid that he said out and you put that at the front. Yeah. <laughs> and you do your introduction. Mm-hmm. And then... Then we just go into something And it goes, beer time. Yeah. Although last week we took us 15 minutes to get to the beer. It did. What did we talk about? Shall we spoke about this last yesterday that we started talking about? You have to talk quietly, mate. No, I was thinking. Oh, brain directs the power. Lol. Like a fucking enterprise. <laughs> Shields up, brain up. Well, see, you obviously never use your brain because you're just loud all the time out of your mouth. All powered thinking. <laughs> you're just loud all the time out of your mouth. <laughs> you don't talk like that. Tom talks like that. No, he does what? Math. Say math. math. Math, math. I'd say mouth, but you want me to say math. Mouth. With an F. Mouth. Howdy, and welcome to episode six of Four Points In, the technology, politics, anything goes podcast from myself, Tom Robertshaw, Nick Jones, and Red Davis. This week, we've got a bit of an end of year predictions roundup. We have to talk about cryptocurrencies because they went absolutely blimmin' mental before Christmas. We do our usual thing, talking about beer, talking about some of our side projects. And other discussion topics include looking at degrees, how useful are they to software engineers, how are they changing in the future, and a short discussion on is technology actually helping us at all? So yeah, big, big, big question there. So exciting, slightly longer episode for you. Hope you enjoy it. With love, Tom. Oh, episode six. We're here. <laughs> there were show notes. Uh, I didn't. Uh, I didn't read the show notes. Did you even <laughs> answer the show notes? No. Wow. I can't have if I didn't read them. <laughs> it was on my list. Um, so can you guys like Nick? Nick contributes a lot. Do you have them? Yeah, do you have them on the screen? The, I, I do. Yeah. I can't yeah. remember what they were, but I did add my. <laughs> Bet you cryptocurrencies on there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Standard. Yeah, because we wanted busy. to read show notes. I didn't add to them either. For, to be fair. Uh, year review predictions of the next year. Crypto craziness, spelled incorrectly, and post mean be sale. It's not spelled incorrectly. How do you know? Is it going to red squiggly line underneath it? <laughs> yeah, it does, yeah. You well, spelled craziness with a Y instead of an O. Instead of an O? Oh, I. Oh. <laughs> I was wondering how the fuck you spelled oh. it then. <laughs> Remove the Y, I don't know. No. It's all right, mate. It's all right. We've all been there. Not as often as you've been there, but. <laughs> wow. Pretty much there every day, really. <laughs> so, so, I guess so lazy was, now that we can. Talk about spell checkers. I get so lazy with when I'm writing. I just go blam 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 blam. Hex said you've been using um, fuck this company, Grammarly. Grammarly, yeah. yeah. Those YouTube. I've been using that as well. It's annoying. The some of the rules it has. I haven't looked into whether or not you can configure it, but some of the things it's really pedantic over. Like if you say please at the yeah. end of a sentence, it's, it's comma. You please. Yeah, you always got to take that pause yeah. and have a comma and then a please. I don't really like that, but I don't um, think you can configure it. No, but for the most part, it's good. And for the most part, I, I, I agree that is the right way of writing it. It's just not how anybody writes it anymore. Yeah. So, so is it just global on your computer? So wherever you're typing, it will then... You, there is a there is an Mac app you can install, so you can write like in that. Right, kind of like Evernote and Notes. But no, I think it's the Chrome, oh, okay. Chrome extension, so most of my writing is in Chrome. So right, so, oh, okay. So it's not like you could use Pages or something, and it would no. work with that. Unless there's a Pages plugin. They might have a Microsoft Office plugin. I wouldn't be surprised if they did. Yeah, and you get a nice email every week telling you how badly you are, right? Really? Are you right? Oh yeah, yeah. You fucked up fifty six thousand times this week. It's not a bit scary that sixty percent of Grammarly users yeah. write better than you do. Yeah, it's quite good, but yeah, I'm still lazy. Like, I, it's, yeah, 
I did wonder because it's free, so maybe that makes sense why they they have premium tracking everything. Oh, they yeah. do. I don't know what's what in is it. That good? Like they say, advanced rules. Oh, yeah, it's like well, you're pedantic enough as it is. It's, it's like my my English isn't advanced, so I don't <laughs> need to worry about that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think it's quite expensive as well, to be honest. Like forty bucks a month, I think. Yeah. Blimey. Yeah. I quite like it. I, I, I grew up where I think it's one of those things where you, like, in programming, you, you rewrite some stuff, like, from scratch because you're learning the first time. So when I was growing up learning how to use the computer, my dad wouldn't let me use the spelling and grammar, like, check. That's so evil. I had, I had to turn it off and <laughs> had to read it myself and do, like, some manually learn. And, manually, and I wasn't allowed to right-click to correct it. Wow. Because, that like, is so evil. Yeah. <laughs> do you have to get a dictionary out? Um, no, you just meant to read it through, and then I can't remember if you would then check it after afterwards, or and tell me where it was wrong, or whether or not you'd turn it back on. I can't really remember, but it was definitely like you're not allowed to use it because it, it shouldn't be reliant on it. It won't always be around for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it is, it is good, but yeah, yeah, that's good for the learning. And then every day, it's just out of laziness, really. Um, yeah. Just typing quickly. So yeah, use use the AI, right? Definitely. But definitely. Cool. I spelled everything correctly first time anyway. So. Of course, I wouldn't expect anything less. <laughs> cool. What beer we got, Red? So a couple of episodes ago, we were talking about the company from Manchester. And we remember what they're called, called Cloud Water. I see. So I'm not going to try and pronounce this one. I'm going to leave this to you, Nick. <laughs> Helsas Tetnanger. Nailed it. I think that's pretty good. That's pretty nice. good, yeah. Okay. Um, Interesting label. Specialising in modern seasonal beer. It's a Pilsner malt. You asked for nothing too hoppy, so hopefully this matches that request. Floral, I think you'd agree. What's the, what's the word? On the nose. Cheers. Mm. I don't think we've had this before. That's kind of funky. No, I think it was the pink and green one. <laughs> it's very easy drinking, though. Yeah, it is. It's quite light. Which actually we find with cloud water stuff, it's like you can just drink loads of it. Yeah. I actually really like it. Cool. I'll be finishing this one, which is a marked improvement on last week. <laughs> yeah. We won't be gagging halfway through the episode because we're taking a sip of beer. No. It's always a positive. <laughs> oh, I don't think they have any. But I, I don't know if it's, the, again, the coffee. Really shouldn't drink coffee straight before the beer, but I, I'm struggling with the, with the uh, tasting notes. So this is our autumn winter, so that's probably why we haven't tasted it. And it doesn't even have any tasting notes on the can. So we can just make it up. We do make it up. Yeah, I don't know. I usually read them before I say what I think it tastes like. Uh, it does say aroma hops, saz, and tetnanga. So presumably that's what's in it. That's why it's called. Maybe it. it's a fruit. It's a very, very minimal label. But I like the fact that it's a proper can rather than this three thirty mil bullshit. I have no idea what that tastes of. It's quite berryish at the end, like raspberries or something. <laughs> Maybe. Do you find like when you when you taste something and you breathe hard out through your nose, you taste something else? <laughs> I don't regularly do that. Try it, try it, try it. When I drink something... I'm a bit snotty at the moment, so I don't want to do that. Swallow, then go... You, no. have, you get a different... Do you not? No. What is this? Do you, Red? Really? Well, it just tastes a little bit hoppy, really, doesn't it? Yeah. It's like What's the one thing I asked for? I think it's strawberries. You asked for no hoppy. I don't think this is very hoppy. I do get the berries, actually. Yeah, there is there's something there. It's like summer fruits at the end. But then it's autumn winter, so it's surely it's going to be autumn winter fruits. Maybe it's gooseberries. And gooseberries, Christmas. Yeah, but then I think it's good that it doesn't have a bunch of other weird and wonderful flavours, because we had another, <laughs> enough of that. They, uh, One of these time. mics will pick up internal burps, because I just did one. <laughs> internal burps. Yeah. You know that, you know the kind of 
the rumbles. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. deep rumbles. It's normally when I'm about to get the shits. <laughs> <laughs> rumbles are okay. coming that high. Okay. <laughs> deep rumbles. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> oh god, it's coming. <laughs> Sorry guys, gotta go. Yeah. BRB. <laughs> oh. Um, well. We do, we do, uh, That's for low room. we do, we do, you gotta give a rating though. Oh yeah. I can't remember what we gave pretty shoddy ones for last episode. You fucked up this rating system anyway, because you're, you gave like Sierra Nevada a three or something stupid like that, which is wrong. That should have been much higher. We yeah. haven't had Sierra Nevada. No, but we, we were mentioning it as an example oh, to okay. try and gauge, oh, we said, said you I said Spud was, was a two, Sierra Nevada was a three. Did I? Fuck, I didn't mean that, I'm sorry. No, uh, I said uh, Punk IPA was a three. Right. Because that is shit. I don't okay. think I said Sierra Nevada. And why is it shit? What what like what are the different like, categories that we're we're using to evaluate these beers? My own personal preference. <laughs> so you make it up on the spot. Cool. It was basically just what like, I'm doing. They're, yeah. they're just like let's add more hops. Yeah, it's too strong. Because we're not we don't want it just to be about like, like could we drink five of these and get wasted? I mean that's that that could possibly don't be one category. Or could I drink five of them and still enjoy it by the fifth? I think I could in, I could drink five of these and enjoy it. Plus one. If I was to go I think and it buy would be very something, gassy. it would. If I was I to go and put something good. in my own personal fridge, <laughs> aka uh, my fridge, personal fridge. There's <laughs> <laughs> never everybody's fridge a personal fridge. Does Jess have her own fridge? <laughs> yeah. Oh, fair. Well, okay, then that makes sense. Um, then I would go and buy one of these and put them in there. Punk IPA, I wouldn't. I can't do that. No. Very true. Um, but what's your beef with Punk IPA? Because it, it's drinkable. Like by that. I don't know if I wouldn't say it is. It's not like after <laughs> a day of work, I don't feel like oh, I'm craving a punk, you know? Yeah. It's. I'm sorry, I just can't do. It. No, yeah. I think that's fine. It's not that it tastes bad. Yeah. It does taste bad. Yeah. Okay. Do you not? Do you like it? It's a fine beer. Like I drink it. It's fine. Yeah. My problem is I can't have more than one. I remember it being very strong because I remember having three or four in a row, and that it, was. It gives you a bad yeah. headache. Yeah. It does. Yeah. Weird. Is there any actual research into that? About some beers giving Yeah, you... the higher the percentage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but Punk IPA is not that strong, is it? It's like know, a I think five. it's, I think it's five, 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 yeah. or something. Right. Which is strong enough, but... Yeah. Like, we think... But I do find that certain beers give me headaches and others don't. Abbey Ales. Oh, my God. Two pints of that. And the bell, he- bell ringer. headache ever, yeah. It was, it was horrible. Yeah, I had four pints of that, I think, <laughs> first day or two ago, and it was like, you notice it up until midday the next day. Yeah. Like, just... Oh, well, we also have to extend our gratitude to Absolute Music, absolutemusic.co.uk, for assisting us with some new kit. So we have a, a minor upgrade, moved from a, a Yeti mic to have three lapel mics and a nice little mixer. So we'll... Shout out Absolute. Yeah. Shout out Alex. Alex is awesome. Shout out. Thank you. That's not how microphones work. I'm right? shouting out into the microphone. Right, okay. You didn't shout I think we look awesome. Yeah, it does look pretty pro. Yeah, and I got a microphone. Yeah. <laughs> Huh? Yeah, do you understand? No. <laughs> well, you were commenting that we look great because we've got microphones and I was oh, like, turning good, around there. Yeah. So that's called a toe. <laughs> I don't know if you're familiar with, familiar with these, but... It, it, oh, Tom joke. Tom, awful jokes, yeah. I call tokes. Sorry. That was a category. <laughs> um, I've never had them deadpan quite so much. <laughs> Normally people understand them, but just d- don't appreciate them. That one just completely dropped. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen your jokes before where, yeah, I get it, and then just kind of, huh, okay, yeah, and then yeah. we'll move on quickly. Oh, God, don't do that again. 
Yeah, top. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I've been actually clients of, of Mean Beef since sort of, what, 2011? Yeah. So, yeah, we built their Magento site back in the, the day and they've uh, down, based down in Bournemouth. And yeah, great to work with them over the years. So great they could help out with uh, a slightly better mic setup, yeah. which we desperately needed. So you didn't hear our beer cans banging down and red eating it into the, into the microphone. And him going quiet every now and again. Yeah, when I'm thinking. Yeah. We've, we've, we've understood that Red has only a certain amount of brain, uh, power that goes through his head. And if he has the thing at the same time as talking, then he goes really quiet. <laughs> Powers down his vocal cords. I like to, uh, yeah. Which memory. means when he's really loud, you know he's not put any thought into it as well. <laughs> well, I think that's true, mind. He's thinking really hard. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking about. <laughs> I was actually thinking, just breathing. No, I was more thinking of where that cable is coming from and where it's going. I understand it's coming from the printer, but it doesn't look like it's going anywhere. No, it goes it's into not. a laptop when you want to use it. Oh. Yeah, yeah. changing the topic. Away from yeah. you. <laughs> you ask me let's what I'm thinking about. about <laughs> oh. yeah, Alright, let's take a right turn. What happened to Litecoin this week? It yeah. took a left turn and spiked yeah. massively. What was it, 5 x <laughs> Almost? Uh, yeah, much, I think it, it was hovering around 70 and then suddenly it went and then went all the way up to 300. And Litecoin's so. one of the cryptos that has been like pushing ahead um, with the Lightning Network so it can do some like transactions more quickly, which is I kind of assume is what like triggered that news. But also I had a hunch that people were just buying Litecoin because they downloaded Coinbase to buy Bitcoin. I'm like, yeah, fuck it, I'll buy some I of as well. I doubt it's to do with the advantages of the protocol. Yeah. yeah. Because at this point, I really don't think anyone cares about cryptocurrency being decentralized, but a step away from the banks, but nothing no. to do with the government. It just it's like all they to can do get millionaires. That, yeah. Yeah, Which, Coinbase, I mean, it's fine, in my opinion, because I'm doing that too, but like... Yeah. Coinbase has just gone crazy as well, like if you just go and look in the like top financial apps or whatever, there's Coinbase at the top. You know? Yeah, so, they were like top of, top of the app store in the US, weren't yeah. they, for a while? And so with that sort of power, whenever they get new users in, obviously everyone's going to buy, everyone's probably going to buy some Bitcoin and then... Yeah, we're going to do buy 0.1 Bitcoin or 5 Litecoins. Exactly. And, so, and how much do we have to worry now that, like, I don't know how much of... Uh, how much of the total um, Bitcoin market is in Coinbase, but certainly a, a vast percentage of the new users are yeah. all in Coinbase, which is somewhat worrying in terms of uh, the opposite of decentralization. Yeah, I mean, I'm... You've still got your bank, and most people won't be using the vaults for like protection, so if they get hacked, there will be a lot Oh, of yeah, I mean, you need to worry about that. I'm, I, sorry, I thought your point was more like... The whole point of Bitcoin is that it's decentralized and we don't have to... Yeah, I did read something interesting that we can get on to. Um, but yeah, it was just in terms of Coinbase being the like one Big of the target. only way of yeah. converting your bank account into Bitcoins. Yeah. Um, yeah, the nice... Yeah, I guess it comes with two sides, I think. You have the same sort of... I'm looking at Nick now. Same sort of thing of oh. like, it's nice having a... Some of the other websites look a bit dodgy. And um, Coinbase getting so large, it's kind of nice to have quite a core, like, not centralized, like a big name behind it, yeah. basically, that you can feel like you can sort of trust. And even if they've gone down a lot, I, I'm, I'm sure they're doing still fantastically well, because it's never down for too long, and it's only yeah. really down during like the peak buying periods or selling periods. Yeah. And, and the fees are outrageous. Yeah, they are making a shit ton on, on it. Yeah, yeah, but other than, I, the down, them going down stuff is a bit frustrating, that, but you could go anywhere and sort of, Bitcoin really um, 
they were others are a bit more pain in the ass. Definitely. Who are the like I don't like I know all the exchanges, but the exchanges aren't like for actually like converting a USD really. Um, into... so some of them do, but they oh, just right. have so much more. What sort of color tape is it that you have to go through? Red. Red tape. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I was going to say yellow tape, but you should be like really, really hard on. But then that was more like CSI, the yellow tape, you know. Um, (laughs) They, yeah, they, they have like so much more stuff that you've got to do. I tried to sign up, so you use Bitfinex for buying some random things. Um, So normally you'd have to transfer your Bitcoin in there and buy the random things. Uh, So I did try to set up so I could just send it USD, and it required me to send copies of my bank statements and shit like that. And at that point, I'm just like. Yeah, well, Coinbase and the other um, like exchange that you've referred me was Poloniex, and both of those required you to send like identity documents and stuff. So, yes, but bank, it was just bank a, statements is a bit. This was just a bit more further than I didn't mind yeah. taking pictures of my passport or anything like yes. that because yeah. we've done that before. <laughs> um, but uh, which we should actually be really concerned about. <laughs> yeah. 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 So it's not just the yeah. bitcoins that are going to be stolen if uh, Coinbase gets hacked. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, the interesting thing I was reading was someone, I think it was the article uh, called Bitcoin Sucks or Cryptocurrency Suck, and it was mentioning that the there's like four miners that are actually, actually own like more than 50% of the network, them together. And so yes, I've heard about that. that's interesting from the whole decentralization point of view, but also from, you know, any forks happening and things like that, like they, they are the ones that essentially have control, not, um, and that article in general was moaning about like the whole idea of Bitcoin was it meant to be essentially owned by the peers of the network, whereas it's not really how it's worked out because you've got the miners and the miners are really the ones that own it and the peers just are there as well, like trying to use it. And miners are there to do their transactions and earn their Bitcoin. Um, but it's kind of like a two-tier class system and it's the miners because they have so much, they're, they're, they're so big compared to the peers that they actually um, have a certain level of control of the network, um, which is different from the intention of where you shouldn't need peers and miners it should just be peers that are also mining so you're just you're losing out a little bit there Mm, true i mean it's it's a lot easier though to break those guys up than it would be banks for example because the the hoops and stuff you've got to jump jump through to become a bank and to have that kind of influence on that kind of system is massive, whereas in reality, it's buying like a million quids worth of computers could get you into the into the Bitcoin like mining shit. And right, so you break you break player. them up by becoming them, becoming as big as them. Yeah, but then there's still like there's still like there's the only people that would probably ironically the only people that would be able to afford that are banks. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, it was always going to happen though. Yeah, as soon as as soon as yeah, it just doesn't. It wasn't like it wasn't the intention of the original like yeah. Bitcoin paper. Like, no. That's my understanding. <clears throat> but that's the nice. I think that's the great thing about cryptocurrency. Then someone just creates their own one that they such a. That's why I don't think whatever happens in like fifteen years or so, what the currencies that we have today are not going to be. They're probably not going to be the one or anything. You know. Yeah. It's just um, they they'll evolve, evolve over time and then eventually we'll have a much much better one yeah yeah and it's just impossible to predict what those are going to be yeah even if they were normal like investments or funds or whatever but because they're there's so much just kind of i don't know just public interest and Mm -hmm. the one that wins is as you were saying earlier the features aren't important yeah even in these alts like you can start off talking about it in terms of features um but after that it's just going to be um Yeah. yeah whichever one gets the backing of corporations or banks or um, the public they're going to be the ones and that's why Bitcoin is doing so well despite most other alts like or a lot of other alts having 
far more interesting feature sets. Yep. And also like a lot of them are seem to be like technically better or like better yeah. suited to be a currency or things like that. But um yeah, I don't think as a yeah, like we said before, currency for Bitcoin is kind of the wrong word. It's just kind of it's like trading in gold or whatever. Yeah, and um, the other thing is these currencies aren't going to be useful until like this phase of volatility is like done. Yeah. Because anyone spending Bitcoin at the moment is stupid really, given the um how big it's growing and what twenty five percent up in the last week or something? Like mm. I think twenty five percent up and it's like fourteen K at the moment. I so like I know I think it's fifteen now. I think um even in last day it's gone up. But yeah, again. Yeah. Six, seven percent. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for a dip, but I might as well just get on the train really again. Yeah. Even though I sold out to try and secure some winnings, but like it's still going up. There's no point waiting for another dip really right now. Yeah. Uh, just maximize. But yeah. yeah, who knows? Who knows? Doing very well at the kind of some of the, you mentioned the other coins, so the alts. So mm -hmm. a few of those are going up. We were talking about Ripple yeah. recently as being like a quite the alternative and favored by some of the incumbents of the financial industry. Yes. Well, actually, so interesting, talking about the power of Coinbase and stuff, <clears throat> the thought of, because Coinbase has so many users, whichever coin they then choose next to support is going to shoot up. Yeah. And so the, they do hold a lot of power behind mm. that, you know. Mm. And also internally, if someone knows who's working yeah. there, what coin they're going to support next, they could just buy a load. Yeah. They know they whack it on and every single of their users is like, oh, these are really cheap. It's almost like insider trading then, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And it just shoots it up. So that's why the rumors, heard some rumors about Coinbase are going to be supporting Ripple. And then actually, I think it was two days ago, it started to Bang, shoot yeah. up. Yeah. Um, it's kind of then sort of not come, well, that's kind of just dipped a little down, bit off the it, edge, but it's still higher than it has been for yeah. a long time. Man, we should jump on the fake news bandwagon and try and like, uh, fake people into well, that's the whole pump it and dump it yeah like, yeah 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 um and that's why like i was when i did like a day or two of day trading just to try it out like yeah. i was using polonyx and they've got uh, the app like is a third party and it's got a chat room in it right. um and that's what people are doing all, the, all day but they are talking about the other exchanges and they are uh, gossiping about like which currency is going to be added to it right. um, for that very same reason, just Coinbase is a, a, on a bigger yeah. scale. <clears throat> yeah, I've seen that there's been another tool that I've seen recently where they show the um, how much activity in the cryptos um, Reddit. Oh, Reddit yeah, thing. Crypto Watch. Yeah, so you can get an idea of like yeah. the, um, how much the general public are sort of in there and taking part in it. Yeah. But, yeah. It's, um, also, we'll have a few predictions in in this episode rather than doing them all together. What do we think about uh, Bitcoin over the next over the next year, 2018? What's that going to look like? 100k. Yeah. Oh yes. Please. Do you think it's going to like have a big dip before it gets there? Yeah. Yeah. I think what we've even seen just this year, yeah, it goes crazy and then sort of has a huge dip and then settles and then goes up again. Like. Yeah. Yeah. And do you think that because I can see it going up massively as more of the public jump on board in the chasing the dream um 
but I don't know what's going to happen after that because there are so many pointers to it not being very useful at the moment with yeah. transaction fees and the electricity and the fact that it's not like private transactions. Yeah. Like there are a lot of reasons why it's not a good like cryptocurrency compared to others that are available. Yeah. And I just wonder like how much of that is going to come back to bite it once the fad has died off because <clears throat> yeah. you know we're in the tech world, we're familiar over the last year with the hype of like AI and machine learning and personalization and bot chatbots like Bitcoin is that fad right now. Mm-hmm. So I can see as more people come forward because they want to make their money, like that could go well, but there's going to be an end to that. Yeah. Bitcoin will have a like longer life than that, but it's just what you know, how long can we ride this wave and where's that like as everybody's asking, where's that wave going to stop? So Yeah. Um but there's still like yeah, poten- a lot of potential in it. Yeah. I just can't predict like what normal people are going to do and how normal people are going to like uh, Yeah, because we could also just see, see it. Bitcoin itself evolve like we've seen with that they were going to do that hard fork or whatever but yeah. it didn't didn't happen in the end so yeah that's the thing because even though how we say it right now bitcoin might not sort of it won't last forever in terms of electricity or actual um transactions or whatever but then they could there's potential that they could solve that yeah and then, i think they have to if, if they want to stay around for a while yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, was, I can't remember the coins, but there are some coins that aren't like based on like, cryptocurrencies that aren't based on the blockchain as well. And yes. that one, that article, I, I'll have to put it in the show notes. Like it does bring up that like blockchain isn't everything. Like the whole idea of decentralization, like is that really worth all the pain like that you then have to experience? And you know, it it is stupid having to like duplicate everything. That is duplicating everything is not going to work as we know. Like when we set up a wallet, it's we have to use somebody else's because we can't like duplicate the entire ledger on our computers because it's too big, yeah. Yeah. which kind of like falls back on the idea. So the idea of duplicating every transaction everywhere just doesn't make an awful lot of sense. And is it really worth, the, is that pain really worth the benefits of not having to trust someone? Um, or is it easier just to trust someone or a group of a small group of people? Definitely easier. But yeah, I mean, I know, it's yeah. easier for us because we, for, for, for the most part, we trust our banks, whereas that's not true in other countries. Yeah. It's like, um, I think, what's the, is it Vitaly, the Ethereum guy? Or was, oh, yeah. He was, he was making a comment on Twitter this week about, like, because of how crazy it has got and coming back to ask the question of, like, is, yeah, you can all be really happy that it's going up in value, but are we doing what we set out to achieve? And mm-hmm. his comment was on like, well, how how many like tra- how much is it being used for transactions in Venezuela, like to kind of bypass like a corrupt government or or yeah. whatever? And you know, until we're doing some of these things, which is what we set out for, then we're not really succeeding. Yeah, um, yeah, I think that's, that's totally right. Yeah, like I said, I think it's got to get past this volatile stage stage, and it's got to stop looking like an asset to people and just be, yeah. you know, a fixed value. I think it'd be interesting to use. We talked in an earlier episode about um, like universal basic income, uh, like or like uh, with regard to charitable giving, um, because a lot of the, the charities like they struggle because of money getting lost on on the way because it gets taken by like governments and like corrupt corporations um, in certain countries. Mm-hmm. That being able to like donate in Bitcoin and it goes direct to the person because it's easier to do that than it is to send send money. Like that, I think that's one of the reasons why cryptocurrencies are so interesting. And I think trying to get that use case out more um, could really show that, that this, there is like a real tangible benefit to it rather yeah. than at the moment where, yeah, all the fuss is, it's not really, no one's really gaining, gaining anything. The public ledger and stuff of the blockchain would be really interesting for things like charities and governments where having that open ledger is actually quite important. Mm, that would be yeah. quite cool. Yeah. 
I know what you mean. Well, to validate that they, 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 they are doing what they say they're yeah. doing. Yeah. But then, like, the whole, yeah, but then skipping the middleman and just knowing yeah. that your, your money is going directly to these wallets, as long as you can be sure that those wallets are owned by the people that you want them to be owned by. Yeah. Um, yeah, interesting stuff. So, yeah, I, I think, yeah, 100K. I, could, I can certainly see how it can get to 100K very easily with it. It's limited, limited coins. Um, and it's, you know, it's still gradually people are learning about it. Like, even, like my stepdad was talking about it and he knows very little about computers i think at most it's to sell stuff on ebay and he has been like <laughs> thinking about it so yeah. yeah i think there's there's still there's still some mileage in it um yeah. so I, I can see it going going up but i think there are like the probabilities of a crash are very high over the, the next yeah. year as well while what do they say like 80 percent 85 percent i think article yeah, yeah i think it was at least that yeah. Um, so yeah, very, very likely. But, so it's those two opposing forces. It's it's due a crash, but also so many people are, are getting on board. It's overriding that crash. Yeah, I think I want you to just buy Litecoin. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. That's um. <laughs> <laughs> so Red can make some more money. You haven't made money yet, mate. Until you sell it. I haven't taken. No, I haven't taken it out. I'm gonna hodl it. Hodl. Hodl all the way home. This so, little piggy hodled. Yeah, I think. I think because, yeah, I haven't really invested money that I need. So yeah. for me just to leave it, I don't really care. Um, no, but like we still have that conversation where you know, we've all invested like only this, a small amount of money. So we're not like scared of losing it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, once you've made a bit of money, like, well, I don't want to lose that. So yeah. you've got to it's take already yours in your head, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It is crazy when you, yeah, if you see it jump up and you're just like, oh, should I sell now? Yeah. But. Yeah, and that's like most like most people's problem as well as as mine. Like you sell it, and then it go like it might have a small dip, but then it goes up higher than when you sold it because mm-hmm. it, everything's happening so quickly. Yeah, um, yeah, it's crazy. So long long term investments, and don't put too much in. Don't don't risk don't risk what you can't afford. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and spread spread the load, spread betting. What um what uh, so what figure do you have in mind for when to sell it? I don't know. You've already do like you? five or six extra money in yeah. Litecoin, so. I, I think that's the thing. I haven't really thought of when the end. One thousand. One thousand percent. For Litecoin, what's it now? Oh, I was like two forty. No, I'd like it to hit. If it hits, um, if you could get me my house in France, then that would be good. Um, Jesus, when you put more money in them. <laughs> well, I put in a bit each week, so. That's you put more money into a Mac um, iMac Pro than you have into. Uh, well, this Litecoin. might this might also now pay for my iMac Pro as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we've got two uh, two agreements or predictions about 100k and then the crash. What do you agree the same, or do you think something slightly different? 100k, hmm. So I'm 15ish now. So yeah, we're talking about pounds, by the way. I guess are you talking about pounds? It's basically the same thing these days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think I'll hit 100. I'm gonna say 75. I think 100. It is basically guess the number of candies in a jar. But yeah, I'm really good at that. Cool. Wow. <laughs> Have you ever won a candy in the jar? Guess. No. <laughs> well, bow down to your security <laughs> in that regard. Beer's not hasn't got much um, longevity to it. I get a bit sick of it now. Really? Sorry, it's yeah. good because I'm almost near the bottom of the can. Yeah. Don't think I could have another one. Wow. I think it's like gooseberry or something, man. It doesn't like taste great. It tasted a lot better when it's cold. Yeah. But then that's oh, most tough beers. Crowd. Tough crowd. <laughs> not- Better than last episode, though. It is, yeah, aren't We got to the bottom of the can. Without so, oh, you guys have been down here. Yeah, well, you've been talking a lot. Mm. We've been having to listen to all your predictions. I'm going to say 75k. Okay. So does that mean you're going to put 
more money into it then if you believe that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just feels like an egg on red to put all of his uh, savings yeah. in it. You don't want to get married next year, do you? No, just... Uh, chuck all our money in this. Oh, it is, actually, it's on the way to paying for the wedding, so... Yeah, nice. yeah there we go. Oh, so, so then you need to you need to sell out. So it's on, so it's buying the house in France, the yeah. eye mark on the wedding. But I'm just leaving it in there, and it just keeps going up. Okay. Say so my mind, I'm mean, like, okay, I can spend my real money in that. Yeah. Lol. I wonder when um, we should we should stop talking about crypto. But I wonder when UK law and stuff is going to start recognizing it as, or maybe it already does recognize it as a um, capital gain. Yeah, I think there is a, like, we don't have to quite pay the tax that, like, Americans... Terry May, I do not have any money in cryptocurrency at the moment. You haven't returned any money, or... Yes. So, yeah. like, yeah. I don't know what cryptocurrency is. <laughs> that, I oh, believe. <laughs> Jesus, I was like, Red, we've been talking about it then. <laughs> I believe it. That was very convincing. <laughs> very <you>. convincing. <laughs> Which, you know, I'm serious. Cool. Um, yeah, I wonder if it'd be treated the same way that shares are treated. Because I don't know, actually, I, I don't know how they're treated either. How is it treated if you were to well, buy in shares, a you, shares, you don't log the shares you own, you log the dividends you get, right? Right. So, well, there's no dividends. In, like, no. But what if you bought loads of, like, euros, and then the price of euros went up? How would... But then, isn't it... Okay, yeah, so we, we are not financial experts, is no. the only thing we know. <laughs> but, but isn't it when either when you either get interest or, like... Dividends returns, or when you convert it back into so GBP, that that would make sense. No when idea, you mate. It back. That's really complicated, though. Yeah, I have no idea. Because I have no idea what. Yeah, then doing calculations of what you bought it. We're just embarrassing ourselves. We should. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, we should stop. Move on. Oh, what do you expect? What's your prediction, Tom? I do. I do. I do yeah, as I say, I do think it's the hundred k is reasonable. If if wow. it, it wouldn't take much because it just takes enough like bullish people to like all dive in and we've seen the spike it went up what 50% in the last month something stupid yeah like it's ridiculous how much it's gone from like $500 to 15 grand in this year alone yeah. um, so even the same rise again yeah could easily get to 100 um, I don't know that I would value it at that I'd certainly appreciate it to go that higher <laughs> yeah. and then I would sell <laughs> um but yeah, I'm, as I say, I'm not using it as an investment strategy. Like it's just a ex experiment. It has made me more money than my uh, ISA savings account. Yeah. Oh yeah, I don't Possibly. think that's hard though, is it? <laughs> no, it's not. It's uh, beating I, inflation. I think it make, made more than my ISA savings account in like a day. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. But no, that's that's it. I don't know what the like alts are going to do, and you know, Ethereum, Litecoin, like as the main ones. But there's there's so many others. Um, what well, the other the interesting area I think um, about cryptocurrencies is partly there's a lot of them because people just want to create their own version mm. but I think like reading into like all the ICOs and why would you have like your own coin I think that's a very interesting area which I think people will continue to experiment with yep. and particularly for startups because like the ability to um, encourage your like early users by having your own coin because they're you, you essentially it's a cheap way of you paying them um, in your own coin. So I think there was a, I forget the name of it, but there was like a YouTube clone sort of thing. Um, and it was paying its YouTube videos uh, or its video users, creators um, in its own coin rather than money yeah. um, because those people are investing in that platform because they're committing early. So that's a good way of paying them because if they're committing to it, they're also, um, they also want that yep. coin value to go up. Um, so, you know, they, they want that. They believe it's going to go up. Um, and it's their way of, and that you can then use that as a currency 
uh, on the site. There may be ways of transacting on the site, and there, there does need to be a way of converting it into other currencies mm-hmm. um, and converting it between between other ones. But that's an interesting way for for startups um, to provide like um, returns to those that are going to commit early, yeah. like to a platform or to a to a company. It's quite an interesting way. Could be also seen as a way for yeah startups to give their employees. It's a bit like stock, but like yeah. stock that is actually there and has a value, and which value goes up with the, the company, etc. But you can you could switch exactly. I think it's that, like that bit is an important bit where it's, it's tied to that the value of that that service. Whereas it like if you paid in Bitcoin, that's like pointless because it's not correlated to them believing that that. Businesses yeah. and all that website is gonna gonna grow, and therefore my value is gonna grow as well. So I think that's a very interesting area. Um, I can't remember if we've sp- spoken about it on the podcast or not, but I've heard that similar sort of discussion when it comes to the cryptocurrencies themselves um, and and just open source projects and having like their own little coins where like contributions are and not just contributions like you wouldn't like you know count the lines of committed or whatever, but even like. Bounties if, on tickets or something. Yeah, bounties, and if your contribution, um, like the value of your con- contribution, if it made that service like you know certain amount more, um, very hard to measure, but certain amount more valuable, if it increased the value of that service, then you should get a proportion of of that, or that's yeah. a one way of paying for open source, mm. which is very like again, no idea if it would work, but it's very interesting. Like, yeah, there are other use cases just than by by Bitcoin and hodling, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think that I think I'd like to see some more of. Um, I mean, there's plenty of startups where the coin is going to end up being worth nothing, which is your, your which is your gamble. Yeah. But I think that was a, an interest, interesting area that I expect to see some more like startups experimenting with over the next year. Yeah, I think I did once read that Burger King were <laughs> back to burgers. Um, you know, like the stamp cards that you get, but they yeah. basically give their burger coins. Um, burger coins <laughs> as you as you spend. So, oh, so is it like a loyalty program? Basically, yeah. Oh, okay. And also, there was this, uh, I don't know if you signed, oh, it was like that card, is it like a credit card? Not a credit card, but debit card or whatever. But they had, they would do like Amex points, but it was their coin. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, as you spent more, you get yeah. their coin as, as a gift. A bit, a bit like, basically, Amex points. Yeah. Um, I think that's a, yeah, a good way of doing the loyalty things and being able to then not rely on companies having relationships with other loyalty points programs and knowing that they can like transfer them which yeah. is the whole thing with credit card programs is knowing that you can kind of convert these points into these miles or whatever if you could if those gradually move to coins and there's a way of like exchanging between them and there's a value in this currency then that that could work pretty nicely yeah definitely. hmm plus one plus one well, I thought uh, another thing to talk about uh, is to, to revisit. It was three weeks ago now that we were talking about um, Meanbee being acquired. So we should probably oh, do a little bit, of a, little bit of a catch-up. Um, it was the day before we were going to tell all the kind of employees. And then I think it was the following day that I then phoned uh, all the um, clients and let them know and just kind of reassured them and just kind of get their, their feedback and answer any questions. Um, I think in general the process like has gone pretty well. I had lots of good feedback from from clients. They um, obviously had like their and it, like their only concern was just making sure that you know we'd still be carrying on supporting them, particularly over Christmas. And yeah. um, but no, they're all like we've because we've got such a good relationship with with most of our clients, and we've been working with them for like quite a long time. Um, that yeah, they they know Nick and I, and they're very I don't know 
uh, almost proud that uh, Meanbee has done so well um, and they're happy for us. Um, so that's gone gone well and reassured them that I think we, I'm in a good place because of the deal with Space48 that we are carrying on working with our same, the same client. Yeah, so I don't, yeah. I'm not really bringing them much the way of bad news. I can understand there's some concerns because longer term, it's now not going to be my next decision uh, when it comes to if we do let clients go, but there's no plans for, yeah. no plans for that um, right now. So um, we'll just carry on as, as we are. So they're all, they were yeah, very happy. Um, so that took me took me most of the day to kind of do that, go around noon employees. Um, yeah, yeah, kind of a range of reactions, like some were more surprised than others, but all still like pretty, pretty happy. Yep. Um, obviously as employees, like there's, there's going to be the concerns like, hey, what does that change for me? Um, and to a certain extent, we don't really know. Like again, the plan, much the same as clients, the plan is for it to be much the same. So we're carrying on like we've since, you know, understood that Space 48 have their, like they've broken up into two teams internally and we'll essentially be a third team, which already has a set of clients and a set of work to do. Um, it'll be good to grow that team. Maybe we'll get to a point where we're like down a year or two down the line where we have a second team in this Bath office. But otherwise, you know, we're, you know, we're now, Space 48 is now a three team company yep. with one of them being in, in Bath. Um, and we'll carry on with our clients and, um, there'll be some like, Opportunities, and that's one of the excitements about the kind of doing cross cross location projects and having like maybe cross team projects. Um, but initially, it's just going to be being able to kind of share knowledge between those three teams, um, and otherwise, yeah, carrying on as as we are. So, yeah, a lot of positive feedback. Obviously, we you were seeing we shared it like publicly on on Twitter, and like so many people in the Magento community were like really happy. And there was actually other like acquisition announcements, basically the same week. So there was another oh, really? agent, another agency that uh, pinpoint that um, uh, has kind of become part of a, a larger group uh, of agencies, being kind of e-commerce um, experts in that group. Yep. And then there's a hosting company called Sanasi that they they uh, got bought by IOMart. So yeah, lots of lots of good news in in our world. And so yeah, lots of congratulations all. All round, um, but feels feels good to be a part of it. Yeah, I don't know what if you got anything to add, add Nick. Um, starting to bring both teams together now, which is which is quite cool. Um, I think it'll do a lot to because yeah, for the last what's it been three weeks or four weeks? Yeah, it's, it's it still felt felt very much me and being space forty eight and not not um, mm -hmm. together, which is part by design because no one wanted to rush any of the um, yeah. You know, you do this now, and like <laughs> you, you see, you are working for this company, not this company. But um, yeah, we're finally getting the emails and Slack, Slack access and stuff um, together. So hopefully next week we can start actually talking to to people and start taking advantage of the fact that we're one company now. Um, we say goodbye to your maybe email address, yeah. No, we're gonna keep that. I've had it for like ten years, mate. So, like, in all honesty, there's Was like. Is it part of the contract that you get to keep that for life? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, I don't even know what's hooked up to it. Yeah, yeah. Like, I haven't been very good at. You know, I didn't think ten years ago that I'd be in the position where it got, <laughs> it got acquired and I have to worry about it. But um, yeah, so that's gonna stay around. We we are getting space for the eight emails though, and that'll be the primary one. Just yeah. make sure you renew the domain. Yeah, very true. Very true. Why who didn't do that? I don't know. I'm sure someone has. Oh, oh right. Okay. And, and, the, and the SSL experience. certificate. You should <laughs> you know a service that can help you with that. I do. TrackSSL.com. Built by a legend. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting process. Like we're all quite busy. Like you know, we're, enough, yeah. we're busy enough with work. We're, you know, agencies are, is not the quietest life in the world. Yeah. Um, and you're in the run up to Christmas yeah, and it's holidays. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we've been kind of writing a like what we 
called a 30, 60, 90 day plan. So it's essentially one big spreadsheet of tasks that we can think of and prioritizing them so that we, you oh, know, that's cool. so that's, yeah, yeah we're, as I say, like we're both coming to this, like we've never been acquired before, they've never bought. And so yeah. we're sort of learning, okay, now what do we need to do? And so these what's tasks the next step? Company focused or personally focused? Or? Uh, these are company. I mean, there is some, like, obviously we are thinking like, so one of the, we agreed our job titles, but we were still kind of doing the final points on job descriptions and nice. that, our tasks. And that is still up in the air because you know, we're gradu- we will gradually be relieving ourselves of some tasks because tasks, yeah. they'll go to the like bigger space with company. So obviously Nick won't be paying bills and that sort of thing. And, um, and that will happen nice. more quickly, but there's other Praise tasks. The Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Will be <laughs> double VAT. Yeah. Triple, double, <laughs> triple, double VAT bills. <laughs> Never gets old. Um, Never. Yeah, never gets old phoning HMRC asking for money back because we paid the bill twice. Um, so, so yeah, that was one of those, those tasks and we're still kind of like, we've, you know, barely started that list. So some of the top lines. So if you look on company's house, that is now like mean is now owned by like, um, space 48 and their, their registered address is now Manchester. Yeah. So, so like we're graduate, like those are obviously the key things and updating the bank account details. Now we're kind of moving on to a bit more of like the, uh, pastoral sort of company employee. So they, this week, the week just come, uh, they came down to the office, the kind of senior management team, um, like, nice. and just kind of, yeah, I mean, met with Nick to kind of discuss, I wasn't around to discuss the 30, 60, 90 day plan, see what was next on the list. Um, uh, and just kind of discussing those tasks and then spending some time with the team. So let's go for, go out for lunch, talk about, um, kind of, We've spent a lot of time, as we said before, talking about the mission, their mission and what they want to be. Um, and so they get to spend some time with the employees, like, passing that on, getting them on, on board. Um, uh, so yeah, and I've had like positive feedback with our Christmas meal on Friday and it's good like, time to kind of get out of the office, um, and, and talk to, to the employees. And yeah, the yeah, well, feedback I got from the ones that I spoke to on it, they were like, they really appreciated them coming, coming down because, you know, you, yeah. I've got respect for this company, but there's still like, it is one of those awkward things where it's been three weeks and like, it's almost weird that our life hasn't changed that much where mm-hmm. you've got to have such a big announcement. You kind of want, you almost want some stuff to change. Yeah. Um, partly so you know what is going to change. Whereas when nothing changes, you're still kind of waiting for it. So this is good for them to come down and actually get to meet, um, uh, well, the employees to, to meet them. Um, and yeah, they're, 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 they like the mission of it. Nice. Um, so, so yeah, no, it's just con- continuing through that plan and taking each, each challenge as I'm sure there will be as it comes along. But so, so far, so good. Anything been a more of a pain than you expected or has it all been pretty smooth so far? I guess if you're just doing the same work. And yeah, stuff, we haven't, like, as I say, it hasn't really changed that changed. much yet. Yeah. Um, because again, like we're working with our clients. I think for, for me, like I, cause I'm going to be working much more closely, as I mentioned with Space 48. So I'm going to like, you know, I'm starting going to passing on leads to them. Um, if I, if I get any, gradually that will happen more. So stuff right. you know, will gradually, you know, again, it's not a priority right now, but we'll kind of update our website to be, to be more transparent. And frankly, there's a blog post on that at the moment, but it's not like when you go into the homepage, you see exactly what's going on. Yeah. So we'll do some, some of that and any leads will, won't be dealt with, with me. Whereas I'm kind of first responder on those right now, when it comes to mean B yeah. that will be passed on to, they've just hired a commercial director. So he will manage the leads and get like, internal like um uh, people like he'll pick the people that need to be on that project or that lead and so i'll be one of those people that invited in rather than being the one that's actually uh triaging each right. lead cool. um so that's something that's kind of just happening um and that's been a, like that crossover period is a little bit, a bit challenging because yeah. i'm partway through discussions with some clients where i now need, now need to check with like the boss of yeah. like is this now <laughs> something that's interesting to space 48 or yeah. should i not like pursue this or how should i pursue this what would you say and it's just that i'm feeling a little like i'm learning that if i'm 
I don't get to make the ultimate say, which is I'm fine with, yeah. but it's then that awkwardness of like, I'm also not in Manchester. So I just need that bit of time to work out like what, um, and understand what is interesting to Space 48 um, yeah, and how they, how they sell themselves, yeah. because we're going to have, we, we, as we said before, we share a lot of values, but we do approach things differently and that could be a good thing. So I'm going through that process at the moment of like learning and just talking, spending, frankly, just spending a lot of time talking with, with John. Um, he's uh, the, the MD there to understand like how he would approach some of these discussions just so I can either confirm that, yep, that's exactly how I would do it, or I, you know, I'm already learning stuff from him, which is is valuable as well. Yeah, yeah, taking on new projects is like, yeah, it's very much a taste thing, and like, yeah, when you're just doing it yourself, you're like, hey, this would be quite interesting for me to work on. They have everything that sort of ticks my boxes, etc. Yeah. But yeah, when it's you're thinking for someone else, it is quite hard. Um, yeah. yeah, and uh, we, you know, we've gone through this because we've been better at, like, again, frankly, we've been better at the technical side than we've been at the business side. Mm-hmm. We've done, like, we've done well, like most companies don't last five years, and we did. Um, but there's still, there are, we do, that's, that is our weak side. And so this is our opportunity to learn. Um, and so that's what we're, that's what we're, we've started doing now. Nice. Um, but, but yeah, so I'm heading up to Manchester this week to kind of meet, meet some of more of their, more of their team as I will be doing a bit more cross, cross yep. department stuff. Um, so yeah, looking forward to that. Are you driving or training? I am training it. How long does that take? Um, I think it was like three, three and a half hours um, on the train from Bath. So oh. it's again, it's not. A, it's something I mean, you don't. We have driven it in a day, and I think it took a similar amount of time. But it's right. yeah, it's not. Yeah. It's not something you want to do too often. Going there yeah. and back in one day. Was it Bristol and then Birmingham and then? Yeah, but you only have to change in Bristol. So it's just Bristol oh, and then right. all the way up. Okay, cool. So, so, so yeah, it's can, yeah continuing on. Nice. Um, you said there are two teams. Are they? So they're about 30, 40 people? Uh, 30. Yeah, 30. around 30. So they just split that down the middle and the teams just... Roughly. Um, I think there are, you know, there are obviously staff members that aren't in, a t- in, in teams. Yeah, so I guess still, the senior staff. So yeah, just, like, the, they've got the their, their units. They've got the senior staff. They've got um, uh, support desks. So kind of dealing mm-hmm. with incoming support questions from clients about like how to use Magento or they've got this oh, problem or they're trying cool. to get this promotion. Those... Oh, one of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, that, as I understand it, is independent from the uh, like unit uh, of the team doing a, more project work and that BAU work. So then they triage stuff out to precisely, yeah. And then yeah, so they and they're, they're those support team aren't developers. They're yeah. just people kind of that and for having an understanding of Magento and yeah. understanding of what, what the, the the context, and then can move things into ticket form should should be needed. That's cool. Which yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, very nice. Definitely protects the teams from like that sort of layer of. Interactions. Yeah. yeah. I think it's seven to a team at the moment. So or Thanks. fourteen and then yeah. the other half is yeah. Senior and support and design and yeah. office HR management stuff. Nice. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Sounds a good site. Yeah. A problem we've always had with MinBee is getting more than one person on I don't know if we mentioned this previously. Yeah. Getting more than one person on a project. So <laughs> it'd be yeah. nice to have the kind of startup mentality again, which is what they were going for. Yeah, being like super concentrated on five clients, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it should be cool. Yeah. It's interesting talking to Tony because he's like he. I guess it was my job at Mean B, which is his at Space Forty Eight, and Mean B was like a third of the size of Space Forty Eight. But yeah. Tony was talking about like the tools that they have there, and at Mean B, it's kind of like we adopt a tool and everyone uses it. Mm-hmm. Whereas with Space Forty Eight, they adopt a tool and people can decide whether to use it. Like Blackfire was the example. He's like, some people use it, some people don't. Mm. But it's, it's, it seems that his job is more like 
picking the tools and making sure the best things are available for the developers to use if they want to. Right. Um, what? And just supporting them that way. Right. It's like a profiler um, for PHP apps. Oh, okay. Okay. So that sort of stuff makes yeah. sense. You would so imagine like, that the environment that they'd want to like keep consistent. I mean, yeah, the agency, yeah. the, the environment always changes because you update your environment for new yeah. projects. So old projects yeah. can always be a bit dated in terms of setup. Um, but like, the profilers are a bit more sort of chop and change and use yeah. when you need anyway. I would imagine they probably are. I don't, I don't know the answer to this question, but I imagine they do want to, they do have a, if we're starting a new project, then this is the setup in terms of Docker and whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah, they do. But, um, Not Docker though, Vagrant. Old school. Vagrant. Get with the times. Get with the times. Yeah. Too many forms problems in Docker. I don't think we'll end up keeping it. Too many what problems? Subface. Performance. Oh, yeah. Sashi complains about it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But there you go. It's the way it's going. Just need OSX to catch up and actually build it into the kernel, I think. As soon as they do that, then we're mm. good. Yeah. I, it's, go. it's, it's nice in theory, but we do spend an awful lot of time debugging our yeah. Docker issues. Not just the performance. Like the yeah. performance, it, 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 like particularly with Magenta 2, is, is bad, um, to put it bluntly. Mm-hmm. But there's still like the debugging and like a lot of like, even Vagrant's not too dissimilar, but it's, it's difficult to un- for like non DevOps people to understand what's wrong when it is wrong. And then you immediately have to get a DevOps involved in order to fix it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it just might be knowing the right commands to reset it and get it to run. Understanding the error messages because someone else is familiar with them. But yeah, that's the same as everything, I guess. Yeah. Very true. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah lots to do, but good progress. Yeah. Good, 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 good. I had a, a couple, few days off. Um, some of my time I started a little side project, not coding-wise this time around, but um, like obviously moving. my role is moving more into e-commerce and uh, the e-commerce consultant, actually e-commerce evangelist, which I will, I will, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sure I will suffer from, uh, <laughs> the evangelist role. But um, I have spent some time, if you, I don't know if you would be familiar with Red, but there's a, a company called Baymard or Baymard Consulting. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do a lot of really interesting articles, but also they do massive reports that you pay for that are sort of uh, analysis of user testing of what, you know, websites work well or don't work well, particularly okay. focused on e-commerce yeah. um, and focusing on the customer journey and particular UI choices that are bad or things to consider when showing shipping methods and how to get allow customers to get through them like as quickly as possible and those are like really fascinating so I'm like subscribed to their RSS feed and I read every article like from from top to bottom I uh, just dropped a rebel <laughs> what flavor is it now <laughs> floor it's flavor. flavor. Um, <laughs> so so I think that's like really good and I'm Kind of, I've always, for, for quite a while, I've been frustrated where in our world of e-commerce, there's a lot of like love from merchants for one-step checkouts. Yeah. Um, where I've seen like next to nothing in terms of actual evidence. I'm fine if they are like the right way to go, but I've seen a lot of like it, like just as another sort of e-commerce fad that less steps must be better. But mm-hmm. I don't like, I don't believe that like to be true um, or certainly not a, as a guarantee. And I think both one-step and multi-step checkouts can both perform perfectly well or equally well if each designed in their own like way to yeah. like, um, it's also one step just like Amazon's buy now button uh, so, no that's patented can't use that oh. not anymore 
Oh, X Y this year. You know, you know. Do you miss all that buzz? Fuckers. <laughs> no, I do vaguely remember. Um, so, if you imagine you'd have a progress bar at the top of your checkout, and you'd write first, maybe you'd enter your shipping address, yeah. then you click next, and then you go to another page, and you enter your billing. Yeah. So that's one way of doing it, and you go through maybe your five steps um, of billing, oh, shipping, okay. payment, shipping method, and check and place order. Uh, one step would be every form on the same page, and, and you so hit, you, and you hit like submit. So you just fill in your billing, you fill in your shipping, you fill in your, and that, like, there was an extension from Magento called One Step Checkout that got really, like, very popular. Really? Because it showed everything on, on one page and people liked the fact, because the, the whole push was to have less steps. And in general, having less steps in your checkout is better, but that's not to say that one step is, is best either, because you're also overloading the customer to show yeah. everything at once. And it's also like, kind of nice to know how far along you are. That's what I like. True, but for me, it's like industry specific. So if I'm spending like three grand on something <laughs> online, yeah, I want as many opportunities as possible for me to double check that everything I put in is correct. Yeah, yeah. and not have this massive page of data to scan and like, okay, this is fine, this is fine, this is fine, this is fine, and then then yeah. Do and my my beef with that particular extension, um, like not to to drill into to theirs, they're not the only one, and they it can be done like very well. Is their way of achieving that is to have you have your page and you have three columns on that page of your checkout. So your first column is mm-hmm. your addresses. Your second column is your payment methods or whatever. And your third column is the re- review and then place price order. Whereas like Baymard articles would suggest that, you know, vertical forms are the most efficient way because vertical forms are aligned, meaning yeah. that it's very easy for you to just go down the page yeah. without moving your eye left to right. Um, and you know clearly where to go next. Whereas that three column format doesn't like work very well. So yeah. So so yeah, that's something that we when we you know we have used that extension um, and it's been like it's been it's a good extension to yeah. and it also you just customize it to be the style that you like so that you can have it all on one page. You can hide stuff when you want to and you just go mm-hmm. that way about it. But getting back to the like the matter, like Baymar just have really interesting articles because I I trust them because I know that they're doing actual research um, and. The, when they write something, they're writing it from like a certain level, of like backing and like evidence based. Yeah. Um, so I, as an e-commerce evangelist, like I'm not a designer, but very interested in the like way of like the, the best structure pages. So I'm going through all of their articles, um, collating them into categories so that I can actually like pick out if I'm going to design a product page, what should it be like? Yeah. What things do I need to look out for? What things do I need to consider? Whereas that would be quite difficult right now. They do have their product page report, which would go through all of the websites they analyzed and picked up on the things that, you know, didn't work out. So it is like something you, I'm basically trying to collate what they have published, like publicly, uh, collate it into a more usable format yeah. and then gradually add like other websites. So there's e-consultancy, there's Smashing Magazine, um, they're at Laura Conversion Excel, I think have some. So then like once I move on for Baymar, look at some of these other websites and try and build things up, but only include them if I can actually link back to a source that I think is like valid, not just a, oh, this one website did this and it worked really well. Like that's not enough of a sample size. Um, um, and particularly if it's just like it worked well, but there were other like 10 other things that were changing at the same time. So I can't actually prove that yeah. this um, one thing was the, 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 the factor. So uh, yeah, that's kind of a, yeah, definitely a non-programming task, but I'll probably make a little website around that so you can kind of, um, yeah, as a reference guide, um, both for myself and other people, I think yeah, that would be, be, cool. be quite useful. Yeah. Definitely. So that's what I'm, that's what I'm working on at the moment. Um, nice. I use some of my, that's what I do in my time off is uh, more, more <laughs> e-commerce. Uh, but I did do something something else as well. So for I think three or four days, uh, my holidays, I've been learning to ride a motorbike. So, oh yeah, yeah. 
So yeah, that was big news. So I did on a Saturday. I did what was the compulsory basic training yeah. we have over here, and after that, you can like ride a 150 cc nice. uh, for for a couple of years, and then I moved up to a 600 cc Honda um, CBF. I think is the the model. Death machine, I think is what yeah, they death, call it. Death machine. You did this all in one week, is that right? Yeah, I haven't like gone through all the exams yet. So I tried. There's two exams. If you're like old enough, you just have to do two exams before you like you, Are you, old you passed. Enough? Yeah, it's like twenty four. Like they they try and they, you can do some when you're younger, but yeah. essentially you can't go on a like a like a, any speed that makes like, any yeah. CC bike. Um, so yeah, I'm old enough. Um, but uh, so you have two two exams. The first one is like slow maneuvers. You're literally going back around a car park with cones, and you've got to do like slalom, figure of eight, some some sort of like emergency stops style thing. Yeah, um, I tried that, and I I failed the first one on a U turn, so I didn't. I, my U turn was too wobbly. Um, I was going to say, I reckon it's harder to go slower than it is to go. It is, fast. yeah. So I, I'm, I've done a lot. I've done a lot of road riding now, and it's yeah, that's yeah. more comfortable. And I'm appreciative that I have. I already had a uh, driving license for what, almost a decade, so I don't have to worry so much about the observing. I'm already used to doing yeah, all that. Yeah, the laws of the yeah. I know. Yeah, so I, I'm generally comfortable um, uh, with that. So I just have to worry about like the motorbike, but it's still like I'm. I am the cautious person, which is one of the reasons why my wife has let me ride a motorbike because she knows I'm cautious. <laughs> Um, so my, my, my biggest comment from the instructor so far is to accelerate more quickly. So, you know, <laughs> um, pop a wheelie, pop a wheelie, but no, it has been fun. But yeah, slow, I would say the slow moving is actually more difficult because you're, you really have to be aware of yeah. like the, the bike and the balance and like, it's a 200 kilo like bike. So it's, ask, like, yeah, it's a big move this? up from like the, the first bike you learn on, like it's easy. If you kind of, if you go to one side, you can just like, you know, put your foot down. Yeah. Whereas this bike, if you go too far to one side, your leg is not strong enough to like stop that from going down. I can tell. <laughs> you that Jesus. for experience you can uh, do one 200k one legged squats man <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. um but no that's yeah especially once you get used to it like i am like a little bit anxious when you're uh, going out the road you're very aware Definitely, like yeah. you know the when you where i'm learning you turn out uh, the, of like onto the main road and unfortunately like it's up on lansdowne so it's like a 50 mile an hour this straight away Walcott, isn't it? Uh, yeah Walcott, so you're Walcott, literally yeah. like you're you turn you gotta find a gap and go and then you're gotta get up to <laughs> 50 miles an hour as quickly as possible which you know once you're confident is easy but when you're not confident it's like yeah sweaty Blimey. <laughs> <laughs> um but no that's good fun and then when you're like yeah going like national speed limit or whatever yeah. and you, you're very aware of like how windy it is and like yeah. lean, you need to lean forward and it's just yeah it's does it yeah, feel weird. really fast going 60 as yeah well? yeah like yeah. everything like even like going on the slow maneuvers like some of the you got slow in the first test there's slow maneuvers but then there are a couple of faster ones and you have to get up to like 30 miles an hour you watch someone doing that it doesn't look very far even yeah. you doing 30 miles an hour when you're just yeah, like sitting on a bike feels fast uh, <laughs> Especially when, like, yeah, the um, like the bikes can get up to speed incredibly quickly, like, yeah. yeah, comparable to a sports car sort of thing. Yeah. So just an engine with wheels, really, in it. It's yeah, literally there. But interestingly, they're, they're like, I don't know if it's because their like engine management and engine engine innovation hasn't like come on as far as in bikes, but the MPG is basically the same in a motorbike's cars, pretty much like. 30, 40, 50, like, well, yeah, 50, really? 40, I think it's 40 or 50, like, MPG is kind of pretty wow. standard for a bike, which is slightly strange, but I haven't, I haven't, like, read too much into it of, of why, but, um, yeah, I have some, some really interesting, uh, electric bikes. There's, like, I think it's, there's some Japanese brands that are doing, like, electric bikes now, yeah. um, and also one that auto balances itself. Wow. <laughs> and that's, there just, we go. That's, that's why just I can't imagine a completely silent bike, though, like an electric one, you know? Yeah, it's like getting a silent sports car. It's kind of pointless. Yeah. yeah, but no, I think it's it's more pronounced on a bike though. because you expect it to be like, straight yeah. away. Yeah, it's and it's yeah. also the thing that I'm most nervous around all of the like push for autonomous cars is that 
so much of our culture and like us as Brits where we walk around our towns a lot and it's not so true in America um, but you walk around and you're, you're when you're crossing a lot of the time you are listening for stuff yeah. and probably not looking as often as you should and lazily looking um, so if there's a lot of silent vehicles going around like there's you do we like us as pedestrians need to change the way we we do things as well there my we fucking wife doesn't look when she crosses the road no, mine doesn't either and she like I, I, I can't even fucking acknowledge why or register why that's acceptable. So she's just hearing? Yeah. She, she'll, she won't even look either. She's just, oh yeah, I hear the car if he comes out. No, you fucking won't. Because <laughs> he does not sound like that. Yeah. <laughs> no, she doesn't. Wow. No, no she doesn't. But, but no, that's, yeah, one of the interesting things. But yeah, uh, riding a bike has been good fun, so I need to... Uh, Carrying on practicing and get through the, the test in the new year. I have uh, picked the coldest time of year to learn. Yeah. As soon as you're going 50, 60 miles an hour, even with like gloves and, and stuff, your hands get so cold. It was a really icy week as well last week. Yeah. Minus yeah, I, the, yeah. one, the tractor I'm going with, you start at seven in the morning. And so yeah, I was literally scraping the car because it was minus three yeah. degrees Celsius. Um, so did you buy like a package deal thing? Like what, what was, because you were there for the week. Um, no, I just um, I paid I paid for a number of days, but like, like generally that's what they knew that they would need as a minimum. So right, you kind okay. of uh, and I'm renting like my like the bike from from them. So you pay yeah. you can bring your own. Yeah. So you're doing some like every week or something now. Couple of hours. Um, I haven't sorted it out yet. I'm going to do so my test that I failed. I'm going to do that again between Christmas and New Year. Um, and then I probably will need like another couple of days in the New Year to do the second test. Um, and hopefully that will be um, be enough. Partly what I'm like doing now for the second test which is your road riding you've got like a half an hour ride yeah. um it's just getting familiar with the test route and just yeah so you know like the roundabouts and how they work because it's over in bristol and i don't really know that area that well and just being confident enough on 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 the bike yeah so are you allowed to go out so you know how you get a provisional license with a yeah. car obviously you can't do that with a bike you the cbt uh, the compulsory basic training it, it, that allows you for two years to go out on your own own bike which is small so the, the up to 150 cc so mm. you remember thomas's bike which is quite quite small mm. that he could ride and he only had a cbt whereas yeah. now he's got the test uh, essentially you go from the cbt you you don't actually have a test at the end of it it's literally like a, a full day training and then you can ride up on the road with that 150 as long as you've got l plates on and then you take these two tests and you can ride anything right, okay it's quite scary how quickly you can just be riding a moped. Mm. It is. Have you yeah. ridden a moped? No, same. No. I would like to do the bike stuff though, just to... See, my scenario is zombie apocalypse. <laughs> okay. There's like, I'm running like through the town. I'm like, fuck, there's zombies chasing me. There's a car and there's a bike. I try and start the car, the car doesn't start. Like, I go for the bike. I don't even know how to start the bike. <laughs> you know, that's my first problem. And if I could start it, then I wouldn't know how the fuck to ride it. So, and I change need to, gears and shit. Like yeah, yeah, I need to solve that shit out. Yeah. It does. I can't run. It does. Well, I, you just I, see the best bone and you jump on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You're going to lose. You're going to lose. You're going to get eaten. Bye. <laughs> Crazy yeah. frog. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, you do. It does. Like I'm not a speed demon at all, as you can already tell from that way. Less zombies are chasing you. Yeah, less zombies. Then I'll I'll pump it a little bit more. Um, <laughs> but no, even just like going onto a dual carriageway and it, like the being able to like the accelerating going through the gears on a bike is ridiculous. And you can like most big bikes will do up to like like the speed limit in second gear. Like you don't even need to. But you just go, go, even the, the the joy of going up through up through the gears like it does it does feel good. Yeah, it does right. feel good. Yeah. Um, do you so. have a clutch on a bike or do yeah. you just change? Yeah, you do. It's here, isn't it? 
Are you saying? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> he's, he's wiggling his thumb. <laughs> no, you're right. Clutch is the left um, thing. Oh. Left. Mm. Tactical term? Yeah, left brake. Yeah, what, what would be on uh, uh, the left brake on the bike is the clutch. So you so only have clutch, one brake. Clutch, front brake. Yeah. Clutch in your, clutch in your le- left hand, yeah. and then brake is the right hand. Do you get left-handed and right-handed bikes? No, same mm. way you don't get left-handed and right-handed cars. You do. Well, <laughs> not in the pedal form, you don't. Oh, no, you don't. <laughs> no, but maybe they put the indicators on the other side, but they don't. The indica- <laughs> well, put the left indicator on the... What? <laughs> Yes. What are sure. you on about? Sorry, we'll cut this bit out, Rosie. No, <laughs> I'm pretty sure in... Uh, so my dad, he had a truck and I used to drive that. And I think it's because it's Japanese. The indicators and washing things oh, were on right. the wrong okay, side. Okay, okay, okay. Um, it was really annoying. Because yeah. obviously you don't... Yeah, you just like... Turn right. Oh, fuck again. Yeah. It is good. And like I obviously... The bike instructor, so he's mad about bikes, uh, but it is funny, like, like he's biased in, in that direction versus cars, so he thinks bikes are amazing. But I can, he did make some interesting comments how, like, our, the, the design of our cars has not, like, changed or improved, like, the controls, the fact that we're doing everything with, like, with our feet and, like, the, even just the fact that, um, the paddle gearboxes, like, why mm-hmm. is that taking so long to come on? Like, there's no reason why I should have to be, like, moving. Like, I'm having to move my arm, arm somewhere over here in order to be able to actually change gear. Like, that's... Are they bikes like improved that much, then? Well, like, well, they're already perfect at this point. They essentially have, like, bikes are a paddle gearbox. So, yeah. your left foot, you push a little thing up and down to move between the gears. Yeah. And I'm that's, not a fan of paddle gearboxes, though. Why not? Because it's just, like, it feels like shit. feels like shit. Fair yeah. point. <laughs> But you, you need to just go. I need to go up or I need to go down. Like, just fuck is man. Automatic, yeah, yeah. Well, there is that question of why have the Brits taken so long to move to automatics, but we just have such a beef against them. Like, ugh. I really True. don't. I yeah. I'm no, not I, I, I'm not. I will move. No, to actually, no. I don't. I like automatics in just general driving, but sometimes when you feel, you do feel a bit less out of yeah, out of control. The, the power, the power of a manual, like yeah. Yeah, but if you smash a smash the accelerator, yeah, it takes like a second, and then the computer's like, "Oh, I could get a good accelerate," and then it goes. Yeah, and then it's always the argument of like whether or not it, it's going down into this gear or it stays in this gear. Yeah, yeah. and it's like thinking to itself. But then maybe it just feels slow to me because I'm doing that. But actually, I'm thinking and then having to change gear and then going. Yeah, it's but, it's doing it so much better than a human would. Yeah, and the potential of it to do like a lot better than like human is much greater. So yeah, I and I just like it from the laziness point of view. Like I don't need in traffic. It's incredible. Yeah. Like but thing ever. I'm the reason I'm doing the bike is is just out of enjoyment. I don't need it for commuting or anything like yeah. that. And so that's what, like yeah, you you want to keep it. Do you have a bike now? No, I wait until I pass, and then when it's a bit more uh, warm, um, I will get one. And when your bitcoins go up, and when yeah, yeah, wait for my <laughs> bitcoin to buy a bike in bitcoin, mate, and make a write a blog post about it about how your I'd, I'd never spend my bitcoins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Um, have I bought my bike in bitcoin? Yeah, yeah. <sighs> Do you, do you think chatbots are going to make a comeback? No. No. <laughs> no. Fuck chatbots. Yeah. Yeah. Chatbots are just like funky, like gimmicky ways to fill in a form. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I mean, it's a customizable form that changes depending on your previous answers, but... Yeah. Yeah. Was it? I guess that was 2000... What year are we in now? 18 or 17? We're in 2017. Is that a real question? <laughs> 17. Okay. So I guess that was a 2016 thing or 15 thing when Facebook chatbots was the end of last year and then into this year. Yeah, I'm so glad they died. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, apparently some of them were like pretty popular, but like again, I think it was only sort of like celebrity, like um, celebrity chatbots or yeah, gimmicky ones. Um, it's not like it doesn't have a lot of use. No. Um, no. Yeah. Don't know. I mean, the whole AI is fad is kind of waning a bit now, isn't it? And so it's kind of getting back to like what is like we've gone through the phase of every marketing department like working out that artificial intelligence was something that they they could pitch as what their product had, and then it being oversold. It's been there before, though. Oh yeah, AI has been in through multiple like well, actual winters where research doesn't get funded, whereas this is more just like. Research is still going on, but yeah. the you know, marketing has stolen it again. I mean, it was stolen previously, and it's been stolen again. Yeah. Um, so I'm hoping that yeah, there's still a lot going on there, and there's a lot in the future that well, we're way off general general intelligence when it comes or general yeah general intelligence yeah. when it comes to AI. But there's still a lot of use to have, like where it just like essentially to to boil it down to to make the computer do what I wanted it to do. <laughs> Like that is in essence, um, some of those are more easy to achieve than than others. Um, but yeah, you were mentioning you were mentioning voice. So we have our Alexa. Don't really use it. And I was looking do at. Do you have it. one at home? No, I keep thinking about taking this one home, and I think I will do. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's done amazingly well. Like it did amazingly well last year, and I think it's only done like it's like their top selling product on on Amazon, and Amazon's the <laughs> top selling merchant. So basically, at, like the Echo has won out like this year. It's doing pretty well. Um, but I, I, I still think it's it's still quite a lot of it had. Um, one that I still buy into it to a certain degree. So I was looking recently that uh, we've got one. At the moment, I have Hive at home, which is uh, mm-hmm. you can use Hive products to do smart lighting, and it's mainly for our um, heating. Um, and so the Alexa is compatible with it. And I was thinking about trying to get some like plug sockets and more lights so they come in and, and t- maybe I'll experiment with being able to tell yeah. Alexa to turn the lights. But actually, like the Switch works really well. And I was talking to Hector about this, and the Switch is an amazing device where it's it precisely there when you walk into a room. Yep. You don't even have to think about doing it. You don't have to like use your voice which yeah. i hate doing which is why i text and i don't call like and that's why i've started a podcast shit uh, um <laughs> and but i did see with some of the smart lighting there are motion sensors i don't know if that and that, just that seems say, better yeah and that seems better but i've still been in those offices where you then have to wave because after an hour of sitting still the light's gone off so i don't know if that's what would happen with those motion sensors but yeah i think the this kind of internet connected stuff is useful um but it's i haven't worked out what like the, the a good home i think system as you were saying be. i was just like a motion sensor i think is just a bit too like basic but potentially something that detects like that you you're in the room whether it's like infrared or whatever yeah whether it te- detects like a, oh right i get you yeah also, uh, yeah, it's a lot better than like that. I don't think voice activated lights are a step forward. No, no, because it's a lot slower. I can see voice act voice activated stuff is useful in certain moments, but also my experience of using the Echo for my own experiments and just it being around in the office is that it only works if you're very precise with your wording and very eloquent. I don't have a stupid very, accent. Yeah, you enunciate. <laughs> I mean, it does learn the individuals. That's probably one of the downsides of it being in the office that it hears lots of yeah. weird and wonderful accents, doesn't it, Nick? Um, <laughs> like Aaron's, right? Yeah, Aaron's. <laughs> like, um, so, so, yeah, I, I'm not convinced about it. That's why I haven't like rushed to take the Alexa or Echo home. Um, but yeah, I certainly it's had a lot of growth this year. I just don't know what's going to happen in the next year. I think it's another one of those things where I think it's going to sit around in the house. And it will, for those families that do continue using it, it will have its like 
it will have its small use cases, which yeah. is the kids asking it to play like some music or yeah. like, like the TV adverts. Um, and you know, uh, might use it in the kitchen for setting timers, and you yeah. might put your music on and just use it as a Bluetooth speaker. But I don't think it's going to be this like, you know, it's not going to be your Jarvis. No, but the, yeah, going back to the motion sensors, the motion sensors are only useful. Because um, it's just like PCB programming in it, in it with those kind of lights. Whereas with the Hue stuff and the Hive stuff, it's actually going into a, a proper hub that can mm-hmm. do some intelligent stuff with that input. And have like triggers and things. Yeah. Yeah. So like I have high hopes for that. Yeah. And I think like there's, there are good things you can do with everything being connected. So like you have your Nest. So when you're coming home or whatever, it can, yeah. like, and that's like, that's just one of those nice habits. It's not a revolution. I mean, to a certain degree, it is with heating systems, but it's not a revolution in terms of your your life. Yeah. Um, but it's one of those things that's just a nice to have, and we should get to a point where everything does like connect together. So the information that it has yeah. available to it, it can do something that's useful. And to then you. we've got the inputs and outputs for Jarvis already. We just need to program it. So like we're already making progress. Is yeah. my point. And like everything's hooked up. It's just a case of yeah. finding that thing in the middle that's intelligent enough to do shit. But what is like what does like Jarvis do that we like are missing? Oh, yeah, I have no idea. Because the, the reason why we like Jarvis in, like, in the comic books and in, in like Iron Man is because you it's almost the friend and because it's got humor and because it actually almost like replaces a human. Like it, it, it pretends yeah. to be one. Um, I don't even think he uses uh, it to turn the lights on day, does he? Sort of oh, if he does, there. he does it in a massive warehouse where he can't actually take two steps and then hit the light switch. <laughs> you know, whereas in a house, it does that, that uh, kind I of think, scenario. I think really in any, any Marvel film, the lights are either already on or they turn on when they walk in the room. <laughs> yeah. um, the but like, um, yeah, I think more conversational like stuff and getting more complex questions to something like Jarvis is good. Like, well, you know, what, what's my calendar for, for tomorrow? What time do I have to be in work? Like that. But I still, of, like, I. I haven't worked out, and I know, again, I don't, like this likely to be just my subjective opinion. Like, I would far prefer, maybe it's because I'm an introvert, I far prefer to just to check my calendar than ask something in it to read it off to me, because yeah. it's, then I've got to create a visualization of what that, I need to convert its voice into something that then my brain understands yeah. and can like, like picture my day. Yeah. Um, so voice doesn't seem like an improvement there. Yeah, no. and that's all, yeah, you kind of just want that. Voice is an improvement when like, you can't use your hands. Yeah. And so for something, or, or your device isn't close by. So or if, I'm doing something else. Yeah, as long as it, that something else doesn't involve talking. Yeah. You want Whereas smart, I can right? have a conversation with you and still read Twitter. Yeah, and you frequently do. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, you're reading Twitter right now. <laughs> it, Fake news. I think in that instance, it's just cool to have then just smart, like normal objects. Like you've seen people putting uh, Raspberry Pis in their mirrors and stuff like that. Because then, yeah. when I you are like, there in the morning, yeah. cleaning your little teeth, then you can see your, your calendar teeth, and stuff. Yeah. Your little teeth and you don't have to go teeth. and ask uh, whatever his name is to reel out your calendar. And yeah. I think it's fine just to have things that are cool. Like, I, I don't think it has to be like a massive utility and be really yeah. useful. Like, I just think it's, it's yeah. It's, I think it's cool. It's that, cool. I think that is it's, useful it's for like a, like inspiring inspiring people yeah. and uh, and giving a little bit of enjoyment but it's not we can't also pretend that it's also this like innovative thing that provides a lot of value either. yeah no no and then I think when you have kids that have grown up for 10 years with like this kind of tech in their home then yeah. the things that they're going to think of to do with it is going to be you know completely yeah. different to, to what yeah. we're thinking of it's the oh what's the comedian that took his dad to Thailand um, oh dear. 
God, what did he do in Thailand? He's from Fresh Meat. Uh, Jack, Whitehall. Jack Whitehall. So yeah. his, his, there was a Netflix series of Jack Whitehall, who's a comedian. He took his like they're quite posh. They, he took his uh, like seventy year old dad to, to Thailand. Yeah. But one of the stories he told was every time they get a new piece of technology in the house, yeah. he tells them that it's voice activated. So they get a new printer, and he tells them that it's voice activated <laughs> even if it's not. <laughs> so yeah, that's a good way of having fun. Yeah. 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 yeah I don't know. I th- I, I think. Voices, like every piece of technology that ever comes out will be overhyped. And I think voice is one of those. I think it has its use case. Um, uh, I think, and it is nice to have, but it's not, you can't imagine it's going to be like used for, for everything or every purpose that like, or every skill that Alexa has is going to be yeah. made like useful. Um, so yeah, then for 2018, non-animal meat. I hope that comes to the UK in 2018. So there's a lot of VC funding around that at the moment, yeah. and I'm super keen to try it. Jeez, I don't know. Burgers that bleed that aren't actually made it, from like, animals. It's going to take a long time for it to get through our approval process, though, especially with Brexit as well. Do you reckon? Wow. That sucks. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Unless Bre- the company is, I guess the company's not UK. Is it? I don't think so. Yeah. Not the ones I've seen. Well, currently we're still abiding by the EU rules, but I was like, th- there was a... a someone that works at a pharmacy company, pharmacologist um, at the bike training, and like they're in a position now with, with Brexit that, that at the moment, when you get a new drug, which I get, it's different to food, but still has to go through these approval processes. Um, at the moment, they apply to a, an EU um, organization, they get approval there, and then it can, you essentially, it's like one certificate to get into the entire market of mm-hmm. uh, a multitude of countries. Whereas, and that organization is, what do you know? It's based in London. So that organization is now moving to Amsterdam. So that's jobs lost. But also it means that they are now, like, they don't know what will happen. They will be, they'll continue applying to that one for EU membership and approval for their, for yeah. their drugs. Um, but when it comes to UK, like, that organization hasn't been set up yet. They don't know if they're just going to copy the EU rules to start with and then gradually move. And yeah, there's like literally no word on that right now. And I, I imagine that's the same with, like a whole multitude of industries. Um, yeah, yeah, not, not, not with plants, plants, though, surely. Sorry? Not with plants. If I want to eat a plant, I can just eat a plant. I don't have to apply for a license. Yeah, but it depends what you'd <laughs> consider non-animal meat, because, I don't know, yeah, I guess non-animal is the key word there, but there are, one mechanism is taking some animal cells and then growing more meat from it. Is that still, right, is that no. still animal meat? Yeah, I, I, it I is, think... But it's not the same. It's like, not the one I've seen, but I'm sure they're doing that. Mm. Um, but yeah, sure. I think that'll, that'll come soon. I would love that for 2018. Flying cars, standard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's Oh, you, had a, you shared a good article about, was it seed investment going down or Series A going down? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that was the summary of it really, wasn't it? But Yeah, um, though I think that's... <laughs> great, great combo, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's been going on. I feel like that's been going for a while anyway. Um, but uh, seed, I think I've seen. Yeah, just early, early rounds. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I presume that will just continue. I don't know if there's, it feels like a long time that there's been a lot more focus on companies actually making money rather than just yeah. companies just... Which is a good thing. Yeah. I think yeah. we're, all, we're all happy with that. Definitely. And it, I think, yeah, it's definitely good because it's going to save, hopefully save us from any potential crash. But then Twitter wouldn't be around if people had focused on that back then. Facebook, that wouldn't be around. No? Probably a good thing. Yeah. 
What do we think is going to happen with, I know again, this isn't tech, but it's related to us. What do we think is going to happen with Brexit in the next year? Obviously, the actual date is not until March 2019. But, yeah. Um, so nothing too tangible is going to happen beforehand, but what's your what's your opinion on it? I think on, it's definitely going to happen. I think it's going yeah. to keep continuing to ruin the lives of our children. We don't have any kids. Yeah, but I'm thinking of the future. True. Yeah. Um, I, I, I am confident that Regardless of my disposition on how disorganised they are, they will yeah, they will yeah. progress with a, an agreement and a plan. Um, I, I probably have been somewhat encouraged in the last month or so that it's not going to be quite so hard Brexit as they've been proposing. I don't know; they seem to have scaled yeah. back a little bit. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't think it it can be as hard as what there is. I still think we're going to be worse off. I think the people that have voted Brexit for the reasons that they vote Brexit, voted Brexit aren't stupid. But I don't think they're going to be satisfied with the fact that we've left because it's not going to solve their underlying issues with yeah, what they're pissed off with. Um, so, yeah, I think yeah. regardless of what happens with this whole Brexit process, they're not going to be happy and they're going to, you know, the will of the people fucking wank that papers like the Daily Mail keep spewing all over the front pages every day. Like, I don't think that's going to go away. Um, and it's not, yeah, I. I don't know. I think it's, the country is going to be as divided as ever over it. Yeah, and I did see a really good comment on on that in terms of when I think it was Finland that had a referendum, um, and it was as divided as like ours in terms of forty nine, fifty one percent. Yeah, like the people in government then reflected that in their decision making. They weren't. They didn't make it as a winner takes all. Yeah, whereas it's fucking that's stupid. what our government has done is yeah. when it was. You know, they they can describe it as a clear majority, regardless of that it wasn't. Like it was a majority, but not a very big one. Then they should reflect that. Like they should still, if that is the like majority, and we're going for a referendum, then they do need to follow up and then actually do it. Yeah. But they also need to reflect that there was a big proportion like that didn't agree yes. with it. So they should, rather than going whole hog of like, oh, they're fifty percent, well, fifty one. When it takes all is a very immature approach to that kind of stuff. Yeah, and it's just going to alienate a whole bunch of people. Yes. Um, and not necessarily be. Uh, the best solution um, yeah. and it's interesting that kind of the person that's like leading Brexit in David Davis like what was it four years ago there's surfaced some um, piece that, was it article that he wrote or something that he meant he spoke aloud he spoke aloud saying the referendums are like a really bad way of um, oh, yeah. You know, yeah. of of moving because unless the um, popular is very well educated then they're not in a good position to to yeah. vote on a referendum which, totally which is which is yeah is is a, is a good, good point that we uh, but the fact that he is now also leading the Brexit is yeah yeah. Um, yeah I'm I'm fine with leaving the EU if that's the right decision to make like if people more knowledgeable than me on the subject can categorically yeah. say that yeah. this is the best move for the, the UK then we should do it but every yeah. like person in reality think. Yeah, it doesn't actually seem to be the right thing to do so why the fuck are we doing it yeah stupid yeah I do I, I believe in 2018 we'll get we'll get more of a plan well there will still be plenty of um Things that come out in the newspaper that will piss people off, yeah. um, uh, and stupid things said. Um, I don't know how Theresa May is going to last until the next general election. Yeah. I yeah. she probably will last the like 2018. Yeah, there's. I don't think there's. there's there, no one in the country should be interested in removing her at the moment, in my opinion, because to do that at this moment in time during these negotiations is not a good idea. No, yeah, <laughs> it would show, like, we're, we're, our government is weak right now and it would put us into yeah. an even weaker position. But, like, 20, 2019, she can yeah. fuck off. <laughs> to put Polite, it politely put. Um, um, 
Yeah, what was I going to say? Yeah. I don't know. Do you, like, do we believe anything more drastic can happen in 2018? Do, like, I mean, they can't. I mean, the, it was the Trump most... will be impeached. Pretty confident about that. I'm pretty confident about that yeah. as well. I am. I mean, I was confident that he wasn't going to win, so don't yeah. t- take my True. word for it. I think one, going back to Brexit, one of the positive things in Brexit is it gives us a chance to start again on some things, hmm. like, um, uh, I don't know, taxation. Like, you know, we can get rid of VAT if we want to now because it's not mm. mandated by the EU. Um, well, I'd be replaced by something more progressive, which will <laughs> affect you. Uh, <laughs> so that's cool. Cool. But as uh, we've seen, what, like, we are like the conservatives, which are uh, synonymous with Republicans in the US. Like we, they are not the kind of a, um, agency to do that. And so, like the US have kind of just changed their tax, and it's like the opposite of progressive. So, yeah, I'm not confident that the ability to do such a thing means that we will do so. Yeah, but the the right kind of like I I don't think I'm a I'm a socialist or a diehard socialist at least. I think I'm left leaning, but like. It's good that those kind of conversations are coming into um, Parliament now, and the word socialism is actually being used, mostly as a scare tactic, I'm sure, mm. because it's synonymous with Nazis. But uh, at yeah. least it's been talked about, like Bernie Sanders as well, for example. Yeah, it was weird that at some point when we introduced the NHS in what, what was it, seventies or something like that, that we were it was something that we were incredibly proud of that other people that couldn't afford it could get like yeah. health support. Whereas now we're like we're pissed off that everyone's uh, a scrounger. Everyone's a, yeah, everyone's a scrounger, and that feeling comes because yeah, that we don't have we don't have enough money to pay for the things we want to, and that's big ties back to the fact that productivity gains haven't reflected in salary weight uh, increases. Yeah. And that feeling comes from the fact that Tories for the past like 10 years have been, this is not an informed kind of opinion, by the way, <laughs> for the past 10 years have been feeding that shit to the papers. Yeah. Like, and the papers have been saying that for 10 years and eventually if you say something enough times it becomes true, unfortunately. Yeah. I was reading uh, an article, I tweeted again, I'll put it in the, the show notes, but it was, it was trying to, to discuss the idea of whether or not our, our lives are actually better for all of the technology improvements that we've got. It didn't like single out technology as like a bad bad actor or anything, mm-hmm. but yeah, trying to tell you that just because we, you know, in fifty years we've got like our color color TVs and we've got all of this information, but does that make our lives like any any tangible amount better? Uh, and trying to counteract the whole like materialistic, um, do any of the things that we can now afford make our like lives better um and there has been the push um with dare i say millennials in in the last few years in terms of pushing towards experiences rather than um buying things which is a good thing and that's come out of the fact that really like, like somewhat of a realization that buying the new iphone which they can still afford to do and probably still do doesn't doesn't bring uh, happiness and i think there's the whole kind of rise of over the last like 40 years i think there is something missing there, um, and I think the, the the push to work so many hours because that we people like can't afford to to live. Um, uh, certainly nowhere near. I mean, it's not like people were rolling in it fifty years ago. That like times were tough, and we'll hear that from our own parents. If times were tough, but I don't think the ability to afford the, a big TV um, and afford some of the kind of consumables uh, is like really reflective of it being better now. Um, right. And I think there's a lot of people that can't afford houses. And so, yes, they may spend their money on material items to make themselves like feel a little bit better in the short term. But we've also, the kind of capitalist society has missed out on relationships and the whole kind of, yeah, we've for a, probably a longer period missed out on the, the closest, closeness of family. Um, many of us have had to move at war. 
yeah, it's become the norm to move away mm-hmm. in order to make the best um, of our opportunities when it comes to to work. Because we know that if we don't try our best at every point along the line, we could end up in a position where we can't afford to you know, rent our house or whatever. And we are again, we've talked about this a few times, but we're we're very grateful that we're not in that position, and we're very lucky that the the topic that we happened to choose when we went to university or when we decided that we were going to find our career, out. <laughs> yeah, which is what Red did, um, like. We were lucky that we ended up in in this kind of position. There's plenty of like our family and friends that that didn't. Um, so so yeah, I think that's a very interesting article to 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 realise like what are the the priorities in life and that kind of the rise of the gig economy is not you know a good good thing in of itself because you might look at it as great because there's multiple opportunities to to get get a little bit of extra money. Whereas I mean, many people are doing it because they need that extra money in order to pay the bills at the end of the month. Yeah, and I think that is that is far too widespread. Um, and even those, that gig economy, like our government and our legislation and our su- support and unions are, aren't ready for it. It's not prepared to support it. So they don't have the protections that they deserve. And also they're not necessarily getting great, like an hourly rate, even through, through that. I think what I saw was Airbnb was the best way, which again comes from like, well, if you've got enough money to own a property, which is not most people. And certainly you're unlikely to be renting a property that has more rooms than, than you can afford because it's hard enough as it is. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, it's, um, it's a, an interesting world right now. Yes. Not to, not to put a Debbie, not to be a Debbie Downer or whatever. But. Yeah. But I'm sure everyone is saying like, it's an interesting world like right now, even like 20 years ago, like in 40 years ago. Yeah. I just hope I think, that I do. I think, well, again, it's not making a prediction of 2018, but I think we do need to come to a realization of like capitalism is great and it serves a purpose. It's not the only like model. And I think there is a imbalance right now. Um, and certainly we we might see it from what if you have an imbalance towards um you know the rich getting richer and that's certainly one discussion but also there's an imbalance right towards valuing relationships and spending time with other people oh um but most people have had to deprioritize those in order to uh, make ends meet and if you prioritize those then you do worse than your peers Financially, yeah, not necessarily on a happiness scale. No, yeah. true, but financial is going to matter at some point. Yeah, yeah, if, if that's the thing. I think most people are, are like on the breadline so much that that's the decision that they're truly yeah. having to make. Um, yeah, and I think like, a lot of the politicians are detached from 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 that, um, and we are detached from that to to a certain degree. Yeah, um, but I, you know, I don't. I am what a few hundred miles from both of my my parents and my family, and that's not unusual in this day and age yeah. and like yeah as you said earlier you're like over the next few years we're thinking about kids and then now you know you're a few hundred miles from your family and like then like that would be difficult for yourself because getting support from the grandparents was something that was very traditional like yeah. even with our parents yep um whereas it's far more common for us like the amount of people going to university now therefore in all likelihood moving away um, is far greater than it was from from our parents generation mm. um, and it, therefore like I also agree that it's much more common for people to move away for for work or have already moved away then they'll continue moving to wherever like the, the job opportunity is and then you know I know it's common for people to move back home or, or move back close to family or family to move to them when it comes to settling down but I think there, there is just that Certainly from, from our, our group of, of friends and people that I know that you need family support a lot more than our society currently like recognizes or provides any support for or acknowledgement of. Mm. 
yeah, again, don't know what my prediction is. That was just a bunch of what I'm thinking about right now from the article I read. So again, I'll link it. It was a really interesting one. Are you having a kid? Not right now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> just, just bloated. <laughs> <laughs> just well, I didn't want to say anything, but... Is it making that noise? Blue, blue, blue. Shit, yeah, be. Talking about uh, university, do you think there's going to be a change soon? I've been expecting a change for a while in terms of what like, kind of change? I guess, number of people going to university. It keeps going up, press keeps going up, people keep getting into more debt for longer, not being able to pay it off post-university due to jobs not being there yeah. or university not preparing them enough for those to take jobs that they need to take. When do you think we're going to hit a point of where it's going to come down and potentially apprenticeships or something is going to start to increase. Maybe it's already increasing, I just don't know. I have a very good follow-up for response to this. Um, So the industry advisory board that I mentioned that I was going to go to for University of Bath recently went, and that's actually a a government scheme that I didn't know about there, but they're actually bringing in degree apprenticeships. Um, So to to kind of get that middle ground and to support those already in industry um, to get some further education. Um, So it's slightly, slightly different from the kind of traditional route of just kind of um, you know, graduating school and then going to university. Yep. Um, but people that have been in the industry for a while maybe want to kind of learn some different skills and get through a ceiling that they're currently in with their, their current skill set. They can like spend one day a week um, and start like spending some time either remote learning or going to, visiting the university and doing doing some That's modules cool. and getting, getting a, a yeah. degree over the longer term. So I used to have yeah, I used to have a friend. Um, he was in surveying, so he with his company it was a deal with Nottingham. University where he, or Nottingham Trent, where he would work for like four days of the week, and then on the last day he'd spend a day yeah. at union stuff, um, and then he'd get his degree over the course of it was longer because it was basically yeah. part time, but yeah, still, and he'd be being paid at the same time, and so you basically, and I think the company therefore paid for the course. It was like some sort of deal, yeah. so you'd not be left with the like huge amount of debts. Um, you'd be paid. And you'll leave with whatever you want to leave with, like yeah. the degree. Um, so yeah, I think definitely think that's something that's going to be coming, and certainly within the UK is going to be going to be growing, which I think is a is a yeah. good thing. I think we've already experienced that. There's plenty of people um, that have not found a place to go with their degree, and I'm sure if you look at maybe I don't know, this may be an uh, exaggeration, but the, if you were to look at the amount of people with a degree that work in Starbucks, you would imagine that you need a degree to work at Starbucks, but. Um, yeah. I think the University of Bath saw a decrease in applications last year, but they're, and they kind of put that partly towards Brexit um, and the increase in tuition fees. Interesting. Um, Do you think was that uh, was a bigger number from foreign students decreasing? Um, or like I don't remember if they made that clar- uh, clarification okay. um, or distinction. Um, but this year they've massively gone up and again this is only one university so it may just be based on their own popularity Um, but this year they're doing quite well at this point in time when it comes to their own applications uh, in one department Um, so yes it's it's certainly hard to say um, what's what's going on with with degrees Um, I found it very interesting going to to Bath like it's you know we've that's where we graduated um, but they are still they're still behind when it comes to the web world. And that's not because I think they should follow every trend, but no. now everything <laughs> no, is connected. Now that every software project is connected to the internet, yeah. I think they're lagging behind. Yeah. Um, 
and there's still a lot of value in there and they not to the extent of Cambridge and uh, Oxford but there's still plenty of maths in there and they are their own department but um, there is a lot of the software engineering side that they are yet to kind of really build up on and certainly students can do some stuff in their own time and they get the, the, there's enough flexibility that if you want to use version control and you want to use Docker, that's fine. Um, but there's very little of that kind of discussion on the actual tutored course. Not mm-hmm. that I say Docker has to be on the course, but certainly managing your development environment and the pluses and negatives on it and just knowing what's available yep. is sort of something that you should be into. Um, that said, university is all about independent study, so maybe that's something for their students to, to learn for themselves. No, that's interesting you said that, because yeah, when uh, when I was in college, our projects, obviously they teach you like a certain thing, and it was some sort of I don't know, really simple input system where you just inputted some fa- values and you could see it all, etc. But actually, you could write that in whatever you wanted. And just because I was learning Rails at the time, that's what I wrote it in. But yeah, you have that sort of yeah. option. Um, but depending on your, like at Bath, depending on your interests, you could avoid doing any web stuff. Yeah, Which is quite yeah. quite strange. Yeah. Um, uh, and certainly my, my the impression I got, and again, this is my, only my, my opinion from what they were saying, was that yeah. they kind of see software engineer and computer scientists as sort of like, two circles of a Venn diagram that cross over a little bit, whereas I would like to see computer scientists as like a superset where you you know all the stuff that you would need to know as a like software engineer, as a developer. Yeah. Um, so knowing like, they do teach the software lifecycle and all that sort of stuff, but you know, get, knowing how to use version control, knowing how to do like progress, knowing how to um, yeah. you know, manage a development environment, knowing how to deploy to the cloud, like or deploy to it anywhere. Like those are all just kind of knowing how to use the command line. These are all things yeah. that if you go into industry, you're kind of expected to know basics and otherwise that's why you have still graduate schemes because there's a lot of domain knowledge you have to to learn but there's also a lot of stuff you just they aren't taught and i think that's key and i think that would help their their internal department in their research like the computer science departments are still very research focused or i mean all university departments are still very research focused and i think there's value to admitting that the majority of people that come out are going to industry and I think they're all the skills that prepare them for industry. There's no reason why they shouldn't be um, helpful for their, yeah, their research work as well. So that was one of the things that was my biggest surprise um, going there was how there was a little bit of a disconnect between some skills they were just fine for, like acknowledging they can't teach everything. That's fine. I agree. Um, but there are some things that are just so core to our development life nowadays that I can see why there's a big argument for those that didn't go to university or that are fans of um, services like Treehouse. Yeah. Well, I can't stick up for like universities, um, computer science departments when they make that kind of argument. Like, if you want to just be a software engineer, you don't need to go to university. Yeah. Um, and I, especially after going to that meeting and their opinion of it, it, it is probably a little bit more difficult for me to say what you would need to go to university for. Mm-hmm. I think, I think I'm almost seeing it as a synonym, like or a, a correlation between. Going to university is helps you get into management more quickly. The same way that going to like a private school helps you like skip a few rungs on like the army ladder when you go into the army and you just come yeah. in just straight as a you go like, into an officer or something. Yeah, and I think at the moment, at the moment, I kind of see it like that, and it's still that kind of aloofness of um, people at university are yeah better when they're not necessarily they don't, they don't necessarily have more of the skills that are necessary to get the job done. Yeah. Um, so yeah, mixed mixed feelings about the whole university <laughs> thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is, it's tricky. Yeah, like you say, you can't teach everything, and there is so much stuff 
really. It's not just the actual technical things. Mm. There is just a lot. It's still down to the individual. Like the yeah. individual can do well or poorly at university the same yeah. way the individual can do well or poorly in, exactly. in the company. And there's, yeah. a, there's, there's the skills of working with other team members. University tries to help with that. There's the skills of the actual uh, technical ability and mathematical knowledge. Yeah. You can do that either way. Um, Communication, yeah. releasing software, and just like general development yeah. processes sort of thing, you know. Um, yeah. Bloody hell. remember having a chat with Alex McCall in one of your Riot Hack nights. Oh, yeah. Like, ages ago. Of That was years was, ago. Is this Stripe fame uh, or is it? He was, was Twitter Stripe. I don't know where it is. Oh, um, Clear, 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 Clear Bit. Clear Bit, yeah. He started that. Um, but, yeah, he's just saying, I don't know how he came out of conversation, but I was like, yeah, studying at the University of Bath. And then his point was, yeah, that's cool. But after those four years, like, what are you going to have? I've been traveling like not in a pompous way like he was like i've been traveling releasing software writing books in those four years whereas you've been doing you know what i, I didn't it, it yeah. sounds threatening now but it didn't feel like that at the time <laughs> yeah i was like yeah i agree and when i think of like a lot of people in the web industry as well like i think you'll find this a similar story yeah. like not a lot of people went to university or if they did they're not applying any of the stuff that they did learn there, even the soft skills, I'd say. I like can get the soft skills by just working in the industry for four years <laughs> and you don't yeah. need university to do group it's work. It's not like you get marked on your soft skills at university either. Like no. you get marked on how good your product is yeah. and the soft skills are just an indirect way of marking that, but you still have to, it's not like, oh, this person is really good at like managing or this person is like not poor yeah. at delegating or that, like doesn't, that doesn't come up. So it's no. not, it's not really a fair test in university. Um, yeah. it's just that they, they do that because it, they, that is how the industry is and you don't get to choose who you work with so it's not yeah, mm -hmm. it's no it's no better um, but yeah. yeah i think that's a good point i think that like the thing that i'm trying to learn more, more often is is creating systems that account for all the different types of people and not just assuming because like we are all people that are independent and yeah. we'll go like if we didn't go to university as red did not and like we did like we would be the kind of people that would experiment and that we might write a book or we might write this piece of software on the side while we're doing some freelance or while we're learning at, at this other company we are the kind of people that would because we push ourselves um uh, and motivated we would do that but then there's also okay what for the person that isn't like that that's also a very valid way of living you don't need to push yourself all the time to do another project like what's the best thing for them is then industry still best and what kind of role or is there is, is there a value in um, a university course then um, because they need a bit more support um, and that, that tutored approach to getting more in-depth knowledge is something that, like whereas you're self-educated and you can like my experience of you, of you Nick is you being able to experiment your way through things eventually read the docs if it goes really badly no. trial and error <laughs> um, and that is not what everybody is is like and I think more, some other people um again perfectly fine that they need more like education um and the, oh, yeah, the actual definitely. teaching process to get through it yeah, um, yeah it, it's funny you say that though but university i didn't see was a very it wasn't a very handholdy experience like for me or no. i assume for other people like i would say that industry is definitely a lot more handholdy um but yeah you're right it might just certain types of people might just do better at uni than they would at, at um at, uh, at a job um but yeah, I think paying for the privilege of that and like it kind of being missold as preparing you for industry and stuff. Yeah. Um, is not fair. Yeah. Especially like, I guess we're, we're, you know, this weird place with like the web world. I don't know how your, what your opinion would be in like iOS is that still like, it's a bit more complicated than, than the web world. Um, I, I just don't know that, you know, 
the web is the sort of thing that you can kind of bumble your way through to a certain degree. Um, even if your code is awful and unmaintainable, like it still can provide value to customers and merchants or whoever your customer is. Um, and so it's pretty it's, shitty codes. So yeah, I'm sure you could do the same yeah. with iOS. Like I, it's I think that's the thing. Also, that's a potentially a thing of now it's becoming more accessible. Treehouse and things like that. We're now getting. If you think of, there's a like a long tail of sort of quality. Yeah. If you know, um, so there is a lot of shit out there. Yeah. Um, and yeah, a lot of companies that are producing shit, and a lot of freelancers that are producing shit. But that's just, I guess, that's just what happens when you. It's everything's more accessible like that. Yeah. Um, it's then just, yeah, I guess, the customers trying to find work out where that level starts to go up and you yourself trying to be better than that level or sell yourself better than that level yeah um but it's the same with any sort of product really um, yeah. i imagine degrees are like they're still useful to the corporations in providing that like you know bare minimum standard i know that cv civ yeah I, I i know that you've had at least this i don't know how good you are at, at yep. the end of the day but it's still like a like, i know that you've been doing this whereas four years in university like doesn't equate to four years in industry because it's still like even the I don't know, university is still similar, but the industry, like, it really depends on what kind of company you're in, what kind of tasks you're doing, and how much effort you're putting in. It really in. does, yeah. Um, and that's still true with university, how much yeah. effort you're putting in, what like what stuff you're building, like, what your university was like, what your professors mm-hmm. were like. Um, but, you know, corporations can make that judgment. And it's not to say that corporations are doing anything more clever or their code quality is better than some web companies. Like, that's not, we know that that's not true either. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, don't know, really. Yeah. yeah. 2018. Don't know what's going to happen with universities. Probably much the same as it is now. They all carry on going. Um, yeah. I, it's a, a lot of money. Like I was looking at like you know you is now and again I float the idea and it floats the idea of like oh it would be interesting to do a masters or do a PhD. I, was, I just uh, immediately look away again because of how many years. But even the fees now. So even for those masters and PhDs, it's still like nine k. Yeah, uh, I know. I don't remember. You can I get funding for PhD spending if you want to do the topic that they yeah. want to do. Um, masters, like, yeah, if you do, like, we would need only a, like a one year if it was permanent. Like, yeah. we wouldn't be doing full time. But if we wanted to do a full time masters, that would be one year, and that's nine k, which is oh, the same as like, I yeah. paid for my entire three, like three year degree. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, it's yeah, it's quite a lot Hex of money. got in on the uh, even cheaper option as well. I can't remember how much that was, but like, yeah, I think the like, year before, pretty old. I think the year, be, year before us, it was only like fifteen hundred. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that's yeah what Hexus was. But so it's yeah. So yeah at, still, least, at least ours wasn't nine grand either, which yeah, is what just, it is now. It wouldn't. It's just not worth the. It's just not worth the money right now. Like a master's wouldn't. Like I'm interested in the doctorate, not because I want to be a doctor, but I think it just it goes to extra level of depth. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah, a huge amount of investment and time um, yeah. in one very very niche area. Yeah. Whereas I'm much more like I want to see the value return. I want to see mm-hmm. that this is useful. I'm much more interested. I'd rather take a year off and do uh, do my own little startup yeah. rather than take a year off and do a PhD or two years or whatever. It is. And the only benefit to having the high tuition fees is that it sharpens the mind a bit and makes you think, "Hang on, do I really want to do this?" Well, that's that's what my hope was when they raised the prices. I was like, "Okay, this is potentially a good thing where we're gonna go away from like degree inflation." And yeah. but then the government are then just like they'll still give you the money anyway. Yeah. So then, what's the point? Like, but then, yeah, punishing people for university isn't isn't is the byproduct of that, and it's not, yes, not a good definitely. thing to. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's arguably punishing. It is shitty because you want to give everyone the opportunity to have the option to go yeah. to university, but then, you, yeah, which everyone but they, does. But it's not like it, yeah. like the 
the degree the the uh, cost of the degree is only one thing so even at 3k a year and yeah. i get me getting a loan yeah. even the maintenance like uh, being able to afford the maintenance and being able to live and pay for food that's like, the thing. That's, that's what a lot of people that forget. was another thing to yeah. like, like make you not be able to do it yeah and the rent and like actually being able to live is a whole another like yeah. and being able to afford the books and all the everything else that you need to have yeah just, just life you, is, you, you got yeah. your budget and then oh shit christmas comes around and train <laughs> like train fares have cut, gone up so it's more expensive to go home yeah, yeah. And that's i never understood like that with uni is like why they have such a long summer break as well like for me at uni yeah. i just wanted to smash it out and get it done with yeah you like, could have done it in like two years yeah so, it would have been yeah. way more intense definitely yeah. and but it would have been like you know, i don't have yeah, but unfortunately, universities make all their money with people do, running conferences and uh, yeah. selling their, yeah, or true. renting out their accommodation during their yeah. summer yeah. period. So. True. Or well, at least our university does. Make it a bit more like a full-time <laughs> job and, like, yeah. you know, you get 28 days holiday. Or like, yeah. That's it. Pub. Pub draw. And that's it. You made it. Well done. Thanks very much for listening. We always love to hear from you. So Twitter is probably the best way right now. Bobby Shaw, NickJ89, and Red Davis is where we're at. If you can leave a review wherever you listen to your podcast, that would be most appreciated. Otherwise, Happy New Year and see you in a couple of weeks' time.